0: Hello, and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California, it's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! Since we skipped the week, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Dr. That Danger radio show with your boys, James and Edward. What's I'm good? A-
1: I'm Edward. What's up, everybody?
0: Sorry for missing out on a week. Edward had a very busy week and could not make the podcast. Yeah. So, you know what? Hey, we took a week vacate, a break.
1: Yeah, a breakation.
0: Whatever. I get it. I don't know if like all like 18 of you are gonna want like whoever our consistent beautiful listeners are. Maybe you're just thriving to listen to us as we review the next. Decline of Western Civilization documentary. The most like most well known and the most reviewed. Or
1: maybe you're frothing at the mouth, anticipatingly waiting for the continuation of our iced earth journey.
0: Yeah, if you whoever gives a fuck about that, because I strap <laughs> don't give a fuck. I just want this to be fucking done. But I'm I'm committed to it. I ain't just gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna quit. I'm like, nah, bro. I'm gonna fucking finish this fucking iced earth freaking discography listen. Like, I might be a moment, I was like, I need to one week fucking break let me listen to something more exciting <laughs> but yeah. fucking yeah no i will give you a quick fucking spoiler i thought the ice earth one wasn't too bad but yeah. since we only got two items i guess we could take a second to talk about ourselves well, so edward what's good
1: well um i was i got very upset at playstation Hey, listeners,
0: just remember there's timestamps. I hope to God you can see the timestamps when, like, you click on the podcast. Um, Just saying they're helpful if you want to go straight to the
1: reviews. I got very upset at PlayStation because there's a report out right now that Naughty Dog is working on The Last of Us rebake. You mean, like, the first one? The first one, yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's funny because people have been kind of wanting a new Jack and Daxter game for a while. But, uh, and someone asked them recently, and apparently the report is someone in Naughty Dog literally said, No, we're not working on a new Jack and Daxter game, but we wish we were, <laughs> which is, that's something. That is uh, something. I miss Jack and Daxter. It was great. But then the only other things I could think of noteworthy that happened is, um, Besides I stir you know, not going to go into full thing. Um, I listened to two new albums by two artists that I like. Oh, well, what were they? Rob Zombie put out a new album. I Rob Zombie put out a new album. Yeah, it was what? <laughs> yeah, okay. another one. It was oh, dude, it's it's it has a great. I use that semi sarcastically. It has a great name. It's cal- <coughs> It's called my Spotify will load. Well, it's called something. And basically, what I can tell you is, hey, have you heard Rob Zombie's first two albums? If you say yes, then you've heard pretty much all his solo albums. But, so whenever you get a new Rob Zombie solo record, it's gonna be weird, it's gonna be quirky, you know, heavy metal hard rock stuff, and it's, it's always gonna be a little more of the same with, with some slight new stuff. But you know what? He's one of the rare exceptions where I'm like, that's not a bad thing. Like, more Rob Zombie is, is, um, you know, It'll run together sometimes, but you know what? It sounds cool. Uh, the Here we go. The, the the album is called The Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. That's the name of the record. What? His last one was called um, The Electric Warlock Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser. Because I know he is a total
0: fucking... <laughs> Sorry, I know he's like a total fucking like to so do his freaking grindhouse shit, but fuck yes. Yeah, and yeah bro. Okay, whatever. And he's then- fucking Rob Zombie. <laughs> he's just going to do
1: whatever the fuck he does. And then the other thing I listened to, um, I forgot this came out some months ago, but never got to it. New Blue Oyster Cult. Their first album in like fucking 19 years more. There's, a or new, less.
0: there's new Blue Oyster Cult in the year of
1: 2021. Actually, it was, it came out last year, but I didn't get a chance to listen to it. The fucking and, band's
0: old as shit.
1: They're really good though. I think I told you I saw them last year. Um, dad won tickets on a radio show to see him for free and, They're, dude, I'm not kidding. They're fucking great. You want to talk about some dope old school rock and roll? Is Blue Oyster Cult? Blue Oyster Cult's really rad. I've listened to all their albums and only, and literally only one of them. I'm like, eh. Maybe Eh. one, maybe one or two. I'm like, eh, "Eh, that was all right. But most Eh. of their most of their albums are just fucking great fucking great yeah it's a nice breath of fresh air from uh from ice earth, i'll tell you that yeah because
0: ice earth's fucking boring for the most
1: part so how was your uh, how was your week how
0: was my week well finally this week i've actually slowed down from spending like four or five weeks working freaking six days a week and stuff i can now have a three-day weekend or at least just a normal weekend for my normal work schedule so fucking as i have like Said this to the boys, because I'm going to go kick it with good friend Bone Steel down in Orange County. I'm going on a brocation!
1: Brocation. I would literally
0: start this shit right after work and just mob straight down, but... The time and when we're recording this fucking podcast is the most convenient to our fucking schedule, so of course, it's like, I can't just start my brocation right off the (laughs) bat. Well, you know what? We can say... This podcast is the start of my brocation. Yeah, man. I'm literally just going to grab a fucking fat pizza after this podcast. I'm most likely (laughs) going to take a fucking very fiery shit the next day because I (laughs) ate a whole pizza to myself. I'm going to go somewhere outside of Ventura, California, go freaking surf and stuff because uh, there's a fucking YouTuber called Ben Gravy and he was surfing this one fucking cool spot. I know geographically where it was. And I was just like, fuck, dude, that's a pretty fucking cool looking spot. Why don't I, I drive it all the time. Why don't I go find it and like scope that motherfucker out? So freaking gonna do that. And once I'm all done surfing, hopefully I can get down to wherever the fucking downtown LA that good friend Bone Steel is doing is recording his music video. So I could be his behind the scenes stooge with the camera and like, Videotape behind the scenes stuff and maybe do personal interviews of good friend Bone Steel and then also freaking punish whatever his freaking actress he's got there that he could be hitting on or not. I don't know. It's
1: hard to tell with
0: him. Oh, no. I just know it's like the, this actress this time around isn't like any friend of his. It's just like some chick that like the fucking his homie slash videographer director dude basically brought in and stuff. And yeah, no, some like freaking model Asian chick. So. I don't think Bode Steele's going to be trying to mack on her. But nah. you know, funny thing is that freaking good friend Bode Steele, his last girlfriend, oh, she supposedly's no. back in California. What the fuck? Yeah, when he like said that, I'm just like, oh, like the fucking like, you know, from San and An- things are start- from C- San Andreas. Ah, shit. Ah, Here we- shit.
1: Here we go. Again. Like they
0: said that they're like, they talked and like she said that she's in like back in California and stuff. And like they ha- I don't think they like immediately like they just talked over maybe exchanged some messages. But knowing Good Fred Bone steel, is something something's gonna happen with this. Something, which requires yes. more drama to Mr. to Good Fred Bone life. Let me tell you something about Good Fred Bone
1: He's an idiot.
0: We could say that. Or he just <laughs> always has entertaining drama where yes. you just sit there and like how the fuck did you find yourself? In like this it's situation? the most
1: weird, toxic, just insane shit that you swear is coming out of like some stupid soap opera. But no, bone, our friend Bone Steele, he's insane. He has the craziest shit. You'd have to hear from himself to believe us, but it, it's it's gnar. Yeah,
0: but it's just like he just does weird drama shit where it could be avoided, but for him, it just he doesn't avoid it. Yeah, no, he almost goes out of his way to accumulate it. Or something, and he's yes. always just doing like weird stuff. Here's the thing: it's like it's just like it's too weird and convenient. You see, because I thought his ex girlfriend—well, it is ex girlfriend, whatever. His last girlfriend, she moved like during around the beginning of the pandemic or stuff. She moved back to the East Coast, and there was a point where freaking like they had a little tiff, little tiff, fit like tried a long distance, and she cut him off.
1: She cut him off.
0: Yes, but now she's back in the fucking back in like Los now Angeles. Now she's back,
1: here. back again.
0: Yeah, no, it's almost just like it's weird that like it's just like <laughs> what's going on with this shit. It's just so fucking weird. Whatever. But that's not my life. That's good boat steals life. I yeah. can tell you, with me, I was just working slow down. I'm gonna like to the point where it's like uh like Nas like I'm a janitor. And we were working an outage where there was a lot of people, but now all those like temp- a lot of those temporary people, I'm now gone. <laughs> we're slowly moving out. I'm going to be now working at a different spot at like this power plant that I'm at, and we don't know. Hopefully by the end of the month, when like if we might have to, there might be possible layoffs to the freaking staff itself because there's going to be like no one there. Mm. Hopefully I don't get laid off, but
1: yeah, for real,
0: the fucking sheet metal union program apprenticeship program that I've been like taking so long to fucking get like this has been a fucking year like I hit them up in the fucking winter of like 2019 and then in 2020 is when I finally took a test and did an interview now it's 2021 and it's like hey you still interested in the program you want to talk to the trustees again I'm like fuck it yeah I just need to talk to zoom on like a Tuesday I'm like I don't know how the fuck we could do it but I'll just set up something at work on a zoom meeting so yeah we'll see if that goes anywhere Cause that'd be fucking great if it did. Yes. And then, Doze coin got a fucking bump. Oh hell yeah, they did. Like, <laughs> th- like I was putting in uh, like five cents of fucking coin. Now it went up to like thirteen cents of coin. I'm like, I told you, bro, it's gonna slowly grow. It's not gonna be like some amazing thing.
1: But it's still. Like, oh no, we're cheap. up like eight hundred percent.
0: No, it was fucking crazy. It's like I sit there, it's like, dude, I just like got like a, fu- I just made like five hundred bucks out of nowhere. Well, obviously, then like a hundred of it disappeared, but. That's a fucking insane, so you know what? Weeks been fucking trips, bro. I don't know. That's life. I hope you listeners are, like, doing as Holy much Holy shit. Stuff. What? Doge is at 26 cents. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> no way. I gotta see it. Dude. Look, bro. Dude, it just... Yeah, that just fucking... Fucking skyrocketed. That's fucking insane. Whoa, bro, I gotta see this shit. Oh, yo, shut the fuck up, phone. All right, listeners, you're going to hear me be like a cringy fucking TikTok Wall Street trader right now. God, those motherfuckers. Oh, my God.
1: Look at it go, baby.
0: Oh, my God. That's fucking. Oh, what the fuck? How did that happen?
1: In those we trust, bro. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's fucking nutbags.
0: (laughs) Right? Like, literally, it's like I put in $300. I have like 6,369 coins, and now I'm at like $1,600. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's fucking nutbags. Oh, damn. Put some money in a Dogecoin, bro. Like yeah, I'm not it's gonna-
1: not too late, everybody.
0: It's still like, dude, twenty six a fucking co- twenty six cents a coin. That's like nutbags. Whatever. I just know it's like I fucking finally did my taxes and I guess I know what I'm gonna take all my tax money in is put in some fucking Dogecoin. <laughs> but dude, that's fucking deaths bro. Yeah,
1: dude. Oh dude I Literally three
0: hundred dollars is now turned to sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah, sure. No, it can always drop, but that's the thing, it's like with Dogecoin, it's like that's something on a, on Robinhood. Now, which Robinhood is sketchy, but I don't think people are trying to make a revolution on Dogecoin on Robinhood. Not yet. Like the GameStop thing. Like the GameStop thing was literally... A bunch of people at once. At once decided to cause a revolution and fuck up Wall Street for a minute. And then Wall Street retaliated in some way too. Like this isn't some fucking like
1: revolution I, trading. I still love that. I love how Wall Street like got like got dunked on with their own bullshit and they threw a fit they threw a temper tantrum and then they just like you saw and they of, just shut it down. Yeah
0: you saw like there's a lot of fucking people just like black like decide the blacklist Robinhood. It's like here's the thing I think Robinhood's a fine app. It's like literally it's like you did the revolution it's like well why the fuck it's like well I didn't fucking do all this fucking crazy GameStop shit. I didn't lose fucking like a big stake of earnings in that shit. I literally just like caught wind of the revolution and that's like all right this is what literally it was i'm stoked that a lot of people made a lot of fucking money during that fucking time period and shit
1: 27 Wait, cents by the way now
0: dude just turn that off just let that <laughs> let that just don't even pay attention to it just let it do its thing sorry, sorry. hey what's fun you know what's fucking cringy are these fucking like traders that have the time where they just sit and stare at fucking grass just move up and down
1: yeah, fuck that life. Let me
0: tell you about what... Well, here's what you should do with fucking, like, tra- like, freaking stock trading, whatever. Put in some money and just walk away. Yep. And if it makes... Builds up, the fucking great. Yeah.
1: And if not, hey, you get a little back with dividends, Hey, too. let me tell
0: you something. Well, dividends, not on cryptocurrency. Not on crypto. Yeah, but here's the thing about cryptocurrency. It's more on, like, the gambling side of things, but yes, due to technology... Is cryptocurrency has been a pretty consistent thing yeah so fuck it it's like definitely gonna build up or so so invest in some cryptocurrency because that's the closest thing to penny trading yes literally could put in like pennies on the dollar and then make like oh no fuck it th- like four times the amount out of like a past week in like past couple weeks or so but as yeah. i said because i told you it's like oh it's like five cents right now and just like it's it's like dude If you look at any time of, like, these, like, main, like, freaking uh, cryptocurrencies on a platform like Robinhood, because Robinhood is a good-sized platform, this isn't, like, some freaking, like, blit, like, bit trading, like, platform and stuff, too, where you can just do every fucking thing. It seems like Robinhood's only doing the specific stuff that actually seems like should be doing well, and, like, Dogecoin coming out, out of nowhere is pretty fucking sick, but, yeah, no, that's, like, pennies on the dollar and stuff, too, so you can still, like, buy a bunch of that and jump up, so... Yeah, no, that's my opinion on trading. I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm not the wisest. Hopefully, if there's any like, it, like if you ask me on trading, it's like you know what. If you want to do more of the gambling thing, I feel like cryptocurrency seems way more better because that's just more with like technology. Mm-hmm. You could follow trends of like you know whatever fucking businesses on the stock market and that shit too. But I feel like cryptocurrency is more like pennies on the dollar, and you can like. It's a lot more of an easy barrier entry to get into. And the
1: interesting thing that Dogecoin to me proves is that every five or six years, maybe a little less or more, is that someone can just come up with some new random cryptocurrency. Dude, people are coming up with random cryptocurrencies like daily. Though they are. But like you never know when the next one's going to take off. So that's really what you got to keep your eyes on. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are still genuinely a good number of companies – because like here's that the thing you about can crypt- and should invest money in.
0: Here's the thing about cryptocurrency though. It's literally that's just more of a gambling thing. That's where you could like put in like much, not too much, and hopefully you like get good gains. Yes. But what you should do if you have massive gains and stuff is eventually put in those like businesses that have dividends or whatever. So then you they those businesses can, can give you a regular fucking paycheck. That's the reason for high dividend yields. Now is it like big profit gains like right off the bat? No. That's just more having a proper passive income in like a old sense instead of like, oh, passive income. Hey, let me make a fucking random little like lesson thing on freaking. What's that fucking like site where it's just like whatever, like, hey, I'm going to create some fucking lesson video thing that you got to pay for or whatever and make that as a passive income. Oh, I shit. know what
1: you're talking about. I don't know the name, though, but I know what you're talking about.
0: All right. Well, I guess we got all excited about Dogecoin talking and shit. I oh, don't know cryptocurrency. I feel like that's the like way of like the technological future. Yeah. Now here's the thing about cryptocurrency that only lasts as long as technology exists. Yeah. If we have a fucking like, if like if the like, like if like our life was to be reformed back to primitive ways, then you're
1: fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Like then it's like fucking useless. But we live in an age of technology. Yes. And I guess, yeah, Dogecoin's fucking cheap on a dollar. But that's fucking insane, bro. Yeah, bro. It's like, oh, shit, dude. That's a fucking dollar dollars, bro. <laughs> You're like, oh, fuck.
1: You know what makes me go, oh, fuck, is whenever we have to start talking about Iced Earth again.
0: Oh. Listeners, what Iced Earth album did we listen to? Not this you guys. I'm talking to Edward. Sorry. This is called the glo- Edward,
1: what fucking album we listen this to? This is called The Glorious Burden, released in the year 2000... 2000- I call this
0: fucking Freedom Penis the album. This is the most patriotic <laughs> fucking icer This is the point where freaking, I guess, John Schaefer went full-blooded, like, American, red-blooded American. Oh,
1: yeah. No, he did. He like, went obviously, hardcore. Like, obviously,
0: like, for the most part, it seems like, oh, it's very, like, you know, American, like, patriotic themes and stuff, except around, like, the end where he's got, like, three epic songs that are just about the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just gonna say it. this album just felt like freedom. Penis. The album. Let your freaking bald eagle fly, bro. We live in America. Let me have my guns. Taxation is theft.
1: Fuck you. 2004 is when this came out. Uh Opening track is straight up. And here's um, the thing about
0: this album: we have a new singer, Tim Ripper Owens. Tim and you know Ripper what? Owens. Maybe his voice was more refreshing. Maybe kind of like changed things up. Matt Barlow is a great singer. What? Maybe we need a change because a lot of these Istarith albums. Heard
1: Matt Barlow for like seven albums now.
0: It's and it's like you know what? I'm getting fucking stale, but fucking Tim Ripper kind of spiced things up a little bit. Not yes. gonna lie.
1: And so, I'm gonna
0: say about this album, this has been like the least boring album we've listened to. Easily, like is this the most prog or craziest? No, no. But this seemed like you know what? This has been the most like easy listening, good songwriting I've heard out to earth.
1: I agree. So the album opens up <clears throat> straight up with the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, Freedom!
0: Penis the album.
1: Go America, Hendrix. Let, Hendrix did it better though.
0: Let your eagle, let your bald eagle fly, bro.
1: Hendrix did it better. Can you guys tell John Schaefer likes America yet? Then we really begin with track two, Declaration Day, America. But yeah, Ripper. It's freedom
0: great. Penis, the album. It's
1: great to hear Ripper Owens. My
0: balls are red, white, and blue. Fuck you.
1: Ah. <laughs> I come freedom. You okay. come freedom, bro. <laughs> you know, whenever band. The interesting thing about this, whenever bands get a new singer usually they'll try new things or ideas and songs or after like you know was 10 albums thing, was the new thing like hey what's more have simplistic songwriting <clears throat> that's what I was gonna say after 10 you know and you would think after like 10 albums they'd get out of their comfort zone not John Schaefer oh no this song at least goes out of its way to preserve the classic Iced Earth experience the
0: classic Iced Earth this formula. song this
1: song literally just sounds like Barlow era with Ripper and don't get me wrong Ripper can I, th- I think Think R- ripper can hip gnarly or high notes well
0: ripper is like as i said the rippers like tim ripper's voice did feel like a freshen things
1: up a little oh bit. yeah like is not this nothing song was special? was really good no,
0: but it's been like we've been so bored with the same shit
1: yeah At least a different voice made things seem a little different declaration day was all right there's not really much to say track three is called when the eagle cries you think schaefer likes america bro Yo,
0: dude, fucking
1: red When the eagle cries. Come freedom, bro. Let your bald eagle fly. It's, it, the song's pretty hilarious in the one way, in one way because.
0: It's like the, like, the single, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
1: And this song's really funny because it's just funny hearing the Ripper sing all this hyper patriotic shit. Especially because I don't mean to say this offensively. Tim Ripper's pretty white guy, like sponsored by Monster, Monster Headbands. He wears snapback hats all like, the time. For some
0: reason, like, I don't know what he does. Like, Black he's a great G-Jackets. singer, but he doesn't have a consistent band. He's just like, hey, he's he just like, like, a good singer. Over. I feel
1: bad for him. I think he's a really good singer. Yes you
0: like, you've seen him with like Dio Disciples. Yeah, he's great. And then I heard you were an idiot. Shut up. I don't want to talk about you it. You heard you were an idiot because like, everyone up. I was hate saying, that. I yeah, hate you, that. You accidentally went up and you was like, dude, you're like my third favorite singer. I
1: hate this fucking story. Fine, Dio and like Rob
0: Halford. God like,
1: fucking damn it. I hate that
0: story. I'm like gonna, It's I'm almost a, fu- a funny burn though at the same time.
1: But I didn't mean to do that. I was just a stupid, socially awkward kid <laughs> in high school. Hey, you're like, Third favorite singer. I don't know. Why does I even had him sign Judas Priest Live Meltdown from 98. I don't know. I feel like he does come off as a douchebag, though. I mean, I think he looks like one. I don't think he comes off like one too much. I don't know. At least when I met him. Maybe
0: it's just like he doesn't have a consistent original band.
1: But that's, a, John, fucking Judas Priest wasn't his fault, and Iced Earth, bro, no one stays in Iced Earth, so. Oh, yeah. Because if, if Dude, John like Schaefer isn't that, being a dick, then what's he's. What's like the main singer left? Then you know it's like no one stays in Iced Earth. Bro, what, because if John Schaefer's not being a controlling dick, then he's on the FBI's most wanted list. All right, so other than being on the FBI's most wanted list. But yeah, songs. So
0: what's your third favorite singer's next song that he sings on? It's like such a funny bird. Like, if you, like, you did not give a fuck about the guy, that's just almost hilarious. I
1: was trying to say, when the eagle cries, it's a ballad. Third song in, we're at the ballad. It's funny because I was listening to this and I'm just imagining John Schaefer in the studio, just like, bopping his head along, single tear in his eye, being like, man, this is the shit. We're the shit. No. I'm the shit. I, mean, I it was come c- freedom, motherfucker. I'm not going to lie. The song was catchy. Now, song four is called uh, The Reckoning. The only day I cry is 4th of July. It's called. Why do I keep rhyming? Reckoning Don't Tread on Me. It's another classic Ice Earth song, double bass, chuggy wrist, pretty cool. Sounds weird a bit because, okay, so the funny thing about this record that you can notice is that the music was written with Barlow in mind and he was actually recording when he left. But they, but you know, Ripper sang all the main tracks. But for a lot of the backing tracks, they still kept Barlow's voice, and it's really noticeable and a little jarring at times. And this is a song where it's particularly noticeable because Ripper and Matt Barlow don't sound alike at all. So they do not. It's it's a bit of a juxtaposition. One
0: has, you could say, a little bit more of a baritone-ish like tone. Rippers just definitely he he's 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 singing high and fro- he's he's singing yes I got no rhyme for that
1: track five is green face it's a simple three minute chuggy affair
0: oh like, yeah this is like
1: the hard song it's pretty hard again it's for fine earth, which isn't <laughs> yeah. really that hard it's not much to say Rippers enthusiasm is a breath of fresh air even if the music while far from bad is a little stale would you say yeah but I felt like the lat- horror show was way more stale. Yeah, next is it at
0: least like tr- this was just like okay, at least I can get down with this. The other is- one wasn't just like I'm so fucking bored. Shoot me. At least him talking about his fucking freedom penis is like a little bit more entertaining. At least she- there's something to be passionate about. Oh, hey, let me be a fucking like yeah, like every metal nerd and talk about like old classic horror movies cuz yeah, we're like so cool sophisticated. At this point it's like fuck it, I I'm just going to talk about like freedom. In America
1: Track six is called Attila But these ain't no fake ass bitches This is John Schaefer's All-American power metal hour One thing I could say The songs haven't run together Too bad yet for this record For for me it was flowing well There was no random But there wasn't just like Wait am I still in the same song? And you're like Wait why am I like This is song track six Yeah yeah yeah, Why did it wait Wait, three songs have passed? What the fuck? Yeah, none of that. And I think it's because there's no random eight, six, or 12-minute songs. Like, he saves the long the long ones for the end. Yeah, the fucking epics. Like, you know, this is the kind of song where if it came randomly on a playlist, I didn't remember I put it in there, I wouldn't press skip. Ripper lets out these loud, gnarly screams at the end. It's cool. Uh, track seven, uh, see, we're already halfway there. It flows better already. Yeah, dude, the, fuck.
0: It's <laughs> flowing review
1: for us. It's, uh, the red, the song's called Red Baron slash Blue Max. Um, the opening riff oh, was red cool. Baron. The opening riff was cool. Um, yeah, that's about it. Track eight's called Hollow Man. I liked it. I liked it. I think John Schaefer writes good ballads sometimes. I really do. It's a ballad. Yeah, it's a ballad.
0: You would hope around this time, like still
1: continuing on, you get a little bit better. I like the vocal melody a lot for this one. Uh, so then, song nine is called Valley Forge. starts it, it does this cool thing where it starts off with some like up tempo acoustics, and then like the rock comes in. It sounds like an angry glam metal song. Angry glam metal. It's actually kind of cool because it cuts back and forth between the acoustics and the rock, hard rock. It, it's a little bit different. Like you've heard this before, but it's done a little different than normal. So it's. I fine. hope the fucking God so. Song 10 is called Waterloo, and I was like, oh, fuck, the ABBA song? No, it's not the ABBA no,
0: song. No, it's not the ABBA song. Could you imagine Which Ripper on that? i going to tell you right now, right now I'm like going to piss someone off, whoever of your, like, of our 20 listeners. I would rather listen to ABBA than Ice Earth.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, that's hard. Well,
0: okay, ABBA is a pretty- You po- like
1: ABBA, though.
0: Yes. <laughs> Ice Earth has just been boring me. Like, ABBA doesn't Waterloo. bore me.
1: Waterloo.
0: Yeah, seriously. I'd rather go watch fuck, listen to Eurovision contest songs than would, fucking Ice Earth. Let me ask you something.
1: Would you rather watch? Actually, wa- yes. If
0: you ask me with a gun to my face, <laughs> would you rather go listen to fucking Eurovision songs or Ice Earth? I'm going to go with Eurovision. Let me ask you. It seems s- like a little bit more entertaining.
1: Let me ask you a serious question. Would you rather watch all three hours of Live in Athens or both Mamma Mia movies, which are just ABBA musicals? Fuck. That have Pierce Brosnan. I feel like, whoa, well, you know what? I know, I know what Alive
0: in Athens is going to be.
1: I don't know what Mamma Mia is. So I remember that there's like, you know what? I remember when the critics when it came, the first one came out. The critics said, "You will be dancing in the aisles for Mamma Mia." One.
0: I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna strip. Say, bro. <laughs> not gonna lie. The Mamma Mia's just seem like uncharted territory. You don't know what the fuck I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. So that there's gonna be an interesting experience. So I'm just gonna do the Mamma Mia movies. Plus I'm down with Pierce Bronson. He's my he's
1: the James Bond I grew he's up. He's my with. fucking James Bond, man. No yeah. offense to Daniel Craig. He's 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 good. His movies are good. Yeah, but Pierce Bronson, he looks the part, is the part, he's great. Well, he's the James
0: Bond when I was a youngster that yeah, liked the new movies and Same stuff. Same
1: here. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish they did do the ABBA song, though, because this song, this was the only song in this album that felt really, really filler. It didn't do much for Wait, me. Wait, which Waterloo? Waterloo, but yeah. Wasn't
0: this the beginning of the fucking,
1: like, no, that's this. No, that's this song. Oh! Track 11. So, fun fact, I didn't know this, but this album was two discs. I learned that because I went on the Wikipedia page when I saw Waterloo to be like, oh, fuck, did they... Cover the Ava song, and it's wish, two di- and it's two discs because the last three songs are 12 seven and twelve minutes. Here we go. The first one is Holy called Fuck. That is an album on its own. Yeah. Holy keep, fuck! Keep bro. in mind it's closer to thirteen, so let's just round it up. Well, I'm
0: gonna tell you right now that's an
1: EP. Hey, are we just gonna strip? Say it, bro.
0: These epics of the Civil War that John Stafer decided to masturbate out
1: was pretty penis? fucking
0: good. Yeah. I actually was like, you know what? The this dynamic, is pretty sick. Like, these dynamics kept you going. Like... These were more like story list, like listen on story songs. Yes, but they weren't boring. Like they each like went somewhere interesting or yes. changed up, and not in like proggy <laughs> music playing and stuff too. Like no, it's just like hey, was fucking like do chug Rift into fucking epic symphonic shit or whatever. Yeah,
1: fuck. yeah, yeah. There were strings. There was synths too in places. So the first and one's called. You felt the
0: epicness of the fucking war.
1: Yeah. So the first one's called.
0: It fucking took them like how many albums, but they fucking wrote some all right epics.
1: Yes. So the first song is called The Devil to Pay, parentheses, July 1st, 1863. We open back up with the Star Spangled Banner. Then there's some weird wind things going on with the banjo. It feels like I'm chilling at Splash Mountain and then fucking cannons fire as drums play and then pretty acoustics come on and like. The other songs were, too, but this shit is, is, you know, but this shit is really uh, John, just John Schaefer yelling you the Civil War as a bedtime story with Ripper Owens' voice. Yes. The electric guitars come in, mellow and mid-paced. It's decently epic. Owens is great. Eventually, halfway through the Soldiers' March comes back with high-end guitars. Literally, near the end of the song, this first one, it starts playing Yankee Doodle Dandy, and then they started doing that one song. It's like some so, one by one, hurrah, hurrah, that old song. Yeah. And I think they played Dixie too. So and then so, yeah, then well, is that, that why plays it's for a bit. Be- he like covered better <laughs> because songs? he took classic music. <laughs> yeah, at, it was only for that part though, near the middle. Yes, then cannon shoot, almost breaking my goddamn speakers. And then yeah, they play those cover song, those cover versions again with heavy metal guitars and some synths. And I'd be lying if I, I'd be lying if I said that the that this didn't give the still decently proud American part of me a bit of an Eagle Land boner. You know an what I mean? Eagle Land boner. It gave I me co- a little bit of a freedom piece. It's like
0: you know what. I feel like I'm coming some freedom right now. oh, <laughs> fuck, oh, oh yeah, Take that. oh that's Take my flag's my fr-
1: about to unfurl baby. Take my fucking freedom bitch. <laughs> oh. Then Soldier, he just, it comes out and it's white, but it's like red and blue too. Yes. <laughs> then Soldier's Yellow's Ripper comes back for, I guess, what would be considered the breakdown. It's not the bridge, but yeah, it's pretty good. Song ends with more drums that lean in the sound, song 12. Really good. Really, realistically, if you look at it as it is, this whole thing is one big ass song, but you know, it's called hold it at all costs july second eighteen sixty three it's a tale of two bros torn apart by opposing sides it has a it has like um this cool like vocal cold, uh, cold open with mild instrumentation and then a mid race a mid-paced riff begins with your favorite triplets oh shit there were some triplets and it actually got my head bobbing a bit chorus was good too it was probably my favorite three of the trilogy well actually no wait let me inflate john schaefer's ego this is all one song really right this isn't a song this is a composition so this was my favorite movement of the of the track tight yeah, it was good. Uh The bridge came with those synths. It, and when the bridge came with the synths or strings, whatever, it kind of sounded like Final Fantasy music for a bit. So that was cool. Song 13 is called High Watermark, July 3rd, 1863. Now, this is probably the most epic part because it starts with this epic beat on the tin on the toms i wrote the tims by accident on the tims yeah on the, on the shoes Yo, he got them tims <laughs> he got got Tims. oh
0: damn it now i just remember now you remind me that dmx died
1: because he wore oh Timbs. yeah tmx is dead yeah it's shocking yeah uh, like fuck. obviously
0: it never i wouldn't want him to be my role model but his arrest record he sounds like a gta character in real life
1: <sighs> fuck you right
0: you're absolutely like, he's right He's such a meme of life but he has like has like Dude, he's got some fucking like eternal mortal songs, bro. Like DMX. Oh yeah, yeah. DMX had some great
1: hits. Oh, he did. Uh, I'll I'll miss DMX. That is for sure. Just don't let him be a role model. God, dogfighting's no. fucked up, bro. Oh yeah, he did that, didn't he? Well, the funniest things when he
0: like car- when he like tried to carjack someone while also saying he was a federal agent. <laughs> that there is like, I'm like, bro, you've now became a fucking GTA character. <laughs> Like that's his like forgot about that. And then him trying to do like his tax evasion where he literally he just gave all his money to everyone else and used their bank accounts. Like this ain't my money. That that's their money. That's their
1: money, dog. That's
0: my their money. Sorry, you're going to jail for tax evasion. Shit.
1: That's like felony tax evasion too.
0: Taxes yo taxes fucking tax taxation stuff, bro. Feel my freedom, bitch.
1: Did DMX have a freedom penis?
0: I, well, he'd hate paying his taxes.
1: Obviously, our, our taxes sometimes really go to like useless bullshit. So. So then, yeah, the epic Tom i I'm always a sucker for those with strings accompanying it. It feels like this big, grand epic thing. Guitars in the background. Then it stops with a thud as Ripper as Ripper. He doesn't seem, but he's vocalizing. I think this is supposed to be from the perspective of Robert E. Lee. Um eventually the heavy guitars come in, the strings stick around. Feels like this feels like real power metal. Keeps its mid pace for a bit until about halfway the war drums come back with cannons and guitars. There's this big grandiose breakdown that can conv- it This is how I knew that this was actually good, because I could actually feel what he won. He was conveying to you the confidence of the Confederacy and also the desperation of the Union. Because I don't know if you guys have researched the Civil War much at all. It wasn't like this all the time, but, bro, the Union got creamed. They got creamed a lot. For the most part? For the most part of the war. Now, it's been a minute since I'm very far removed from
0: high school, and I haven't really studied too much on the Civil War because... I remember it not being the most entertaining, but I also realized sometimes his, I like had some crummy history teachers that made history kind of boring. So. I had
1: Decker. He was great. Oh. He called all the students that he didn't like dumb and knuckleheads. Tight. <laughs> he was So great. what did turn the union around for the war? I don't actually remember what did turn around. I just know it was a combination of perseverance and good luck. Oh, and the, the the raw American spirit, brother. <laughs> <laughs> they had the bigger freedom penis. That's what happened. The
0: union had a bigger
1: freedom penis in the South. <laughs> but yeah. The South could take their swamp dicks elsewhere. So yeah, it, the album tries to make you feel bad for who I assume is Robert E. Lee or a Confederate general. Cause Ripper screams these like pretty emotional lines like, all the blood on my hands. Is this God's will after all? I thought it, us invincible. Oh, in
0: my all
1: these people are dead. Is this God's will? Just shit like that. It's pretty good. And yeah, the song ends I'm on no this. And, yeah, the song ends on this big epic fanfare. Overall thoughts? Yeah, best fucking Nice Earth album in a while. Is it the best out of all of them? That might be a stretch, but I really fucking like this. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you right now, out of what's been engaging me and keeping me not bored, yes,
0: this has been the best one. Yes. Do you want to say, what do you think about the earlier ones? I'm going to tell you right now about the earlier ones. I was too kind. I was too fucking kind. You were too kind. I was too kind. Yo, fuck a lot of those albums. <laughs> I needed but to be spawn, bro. Like, oh hey, bro. something wicked, bro. Okay, I think something wicked was fine. No, that was pretty good. That I'm, I think I was fair with. But the horror show had like three good songs. No, well, that was like one.
1: Oh yeah, you only like Dracula. I no, only though,
0: like Dracula.
1: Yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't really care for Phantom of the Opera, I think. You're
0: freaking like Dracula, bro. Dracula, <laughs> yo, get that Dracula up in here. Yeah, no, I was too kind. Something Wicked, i say that one was fine. Everything else was like, oh, it's like a B, maybe. I'm being too nice. No, those are Cs. They can <laughs> eat shit. <laughs> a lot of them just felt like Cs. With, like, every now and then, a like, a really good song, but then anything else is like, dude, fuck, listen to these albums. They're so boring. Like, this one was the least boring album. It's been literally the least boring album. And, like, these are the most... This was a double feature with a fucking one CD
1: dedicated <laughs> yeah, to this fucking to the composition. Civil War. But it wasn't fucking boring. Yeah, it wasn't. It was all, it was pretty great. Like, dude, what the fuck?
0: But you know what? After a while, and it this took like a minute because like, horror show was like still 90s, right? Yeah. And then this was basically into the mid 2000s when this came out.
1: No, I thought Horror Show was like 2001. I could be wrong. Uh, hey, you're the one on the fucking internet. Yeah. Uh, well, you could check that I, shit. I, I was actually looking f- to see if I could find any like, um, any like re- quick reviews of like, uh, or scores for Glorious Burden. And the general consensus from what I saw seems to be p- the first disc is, 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 um, kind of uh whatever some people are like oh it's pretty good some people are like skip it but everyone is like yo that fucking civil war trilogy bro the civil
0: war epics because here's the thing like whatever the first yeah horror show was 2001 okay whatever so the first disc which is most likely who knows the stuff that was written for fucking matt barlow or whatever i don't know which whatever which was kind of just more like yeah i was just saying like your typical power metal fed fair but yeah, then the fucking like Civil War epic, which is like, I'm sure if you want to go listen to our other podcasts or listen, I'm just gonna tell you right now, a lot of their lava's fucking bloated epics can suck ass, bro. Fuck them, dude. <laughs> Lava was like, can this be over? This was like, okay, I'm enjoying myself. I feel like I'm watching a t- listening to a Tom Cruise movie or something. That's pretty good.
1: <laughs> I like that.
0: Like I'm like actually invested. I will give thumbs up to this. The Civil War fucking like composition epic. Cause it felt different and stuff too. It
1: actually felt epic.
0: Yes. <laughs> That's what I want from like, Power Metal. But like everything else was just like, what's this bullshit? <laughs> Except I'll give something wicked. That one was fine. Yeah. Like there was like, obviously around the end, it really took a shit. Yeah. But this around the end was like, oh, this is fucking like, okay, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Whoa. Right, right, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. and he didn't wasn't trying to rip off Iron Maiden riffs either. <laughs> yeah, no, he was he ripping off old fucking classical songs of
1: America. Yeah, little bit. Yeah, so no, no, no. He was, um, he was paying homage by coming his Freeman so we have a couple choices next um so the next thing after that for ice earth is the greatest hits then there's an ep but then there's framing armageddon something wicked part I'm one which is the, the actual suit next studio album i'm sticking to the studio full length bro or the other option i
0: have unless is the you whole- want me to listen to ep and like judge it harshly too um i think all
1: the songs end up on something wicked
0: but anyway uh, oh Oh, yeah i know what
1: gp you're talking about yeah yeah. just might as well listen to something wicked bro yeah so i was gonna say um that or the other option is the reason why i called OnStar to unlike my car to get this thing out of it yeah what's this book you have here of like a thousand and one albums you must hear before you die I picked it. We've had this for years on the shelves at work. I think I've and, seen it too. Yeah, and I thought it'd be fun. Like, hey, are we bored of Ice Earth or whatever band we're going through? Well, this we can I... we can grab this and take it for a spin. I even came up with a quirky little rhyme thing when why I shuffled get, the book. Why not fucking get? Well, let's do
0: the next Ice Earth album sure. and see if it pisses me off or pisses us off. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, let's take another break because fuck Ice Earth. Yeah,
1: exactly. And
0: then check out your book and randomly just pick something.
1: Oh yeah! I even came up with a quirky little, uh, little rhyming thing for it. Check this out. <clears throat> it goes like this: left, right, forward, back, triple D on the attack. Ooh, dire straits. <laughs> I was like, "Guess it's like
0: okay." I That's see a headband. Is this lover boy, bro? <laughs> Because I'd be so down to listen to Loverboy. To the, the Loverboy album. <laughs> oh, yeah. You remember that one, like, fucking, like, we're not going to say names, but yes. friggin' remember that, like, they're like the chick I was trying to, like, hang out with before I met, like, m- m- like got in a relationship with my girlfriend?
1: Yes, your lovely missus.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before my lovely missus, the other lady I was trying to, like, try to like hang out with and try to engage into a relationship and whatnot. I remember very well. Yes. And I remember, I remember I told you, I was like, dude, homegirl doesn't know what fucking Phil Collins or lover boy is. This is total (laughs) rip. (laughs) That's right. I was like, and honestly it turned out in a way I was like, these are signs. If Homegirl doesn't know what <laughs> Phil Collins or Lover Boy is, maybe she's just not maybe she was not meant for me.
1: Do you think people that, that listen to our podcast semi regularly or even first time listeners, they hear us talk about what music they like and they're just like, What the fuck? I don't know. Who fucking cares? <laughs> I feel like with me, they're just like, God, what don't you like? And then with you, they're just like, God, what do you like that isn't punk? <laughs>
0: Yeah. It even the too. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, you like, like the clash or something? The clash is fine and stuff, too. I mean, London Calling. Yeah. That has its legacy. I'm, it. I'm like, I think listening to that's going to entertain me more than fucking Ice Earth. <laughs> all right. Let me crack open this
1: cold one. Crack get the, open a coal one. Get that time stamp. Oh, fuck. Okay. As you all know, last week we reviewed. Well, two weeks ago. Last episode. Oh, yeah. Last episode. As you know, We reviewed a documentary by the name of The Decline of Western Civilization, brought to you by, I don't remember the woman's name, but she directed Wayne's World. And I also saw she
0: saw
1: she directed a few music videos, too. Did you see that? Yes. She directed Wake Up Dead. Oh, yeah. Bam, ba-bam, ba-bam, yeah, bam, bam, bam. Oh, yeah, no, she did a couple make it. That's freaking music video. Maybe that's why they were the best part in this. But anyway, ah, hey, you're spoiling. spoiling it. Sorry. So yes, um, I need to, I need to let warn you all of something really quick. I'm going to yell. I'm going to yell a lot. I'm going to drop a lot of f bombs because since there were only two things to review on this docket, I made sure that my notes for this documentary were as thorough as I could go without going too overboard. I have. According to my Samsung notes. Oh, fuck. 84 pages.
0: Nice. Now, obviously, like the page, like filling out these pages can like fill out pretty quick. But I realized, fuck, 84. That's a decent amount.
1: <sighs> Sorry, I had to take a drink of my ice cold liquid death mountain water. Murder Your Thirst. Murder
0: Your Thirst, bro, dude. Dude, Liquid Death has, like, some, some of the most entertaining advertisements, bro. <laughs> They're fucking funny. Dude, the best is where they, like, shared a fucking picture <clears throat> of freaking porn star small hand and Joanne Angel rocking that shit. I'm like, where does Liquid Death not go, bro? <clears throat> and then he even, like, got that one fucking TikTok, bro, that, like hangs out in his fucking bathrobe, wears his, like, glasses, and just, like, does weird songs on his fucking, like, keyboard in his oh, living room. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I've seen that guy in comedy. Look like,
0: where death is everywhere, bro. We Did Did you like it before it was cool? Uh, no. I thought it was fucking cringy shit. What the fuck is this? Is this alcoholic water? What is this? This looks dumb. <laughs> this is some just bullshit. But then I listened to a podcast with the guy, and it's like, you know what? I really like you. You actually <laughs> came off cool. I'm gonna take it. It's like, and he's like, dude, it's just can water, bro. And if anything, plastic doesn't get recycled as much as the aluminum. Plus, also, a nice cold can water is just so crisp. It feels like
1: a, fucking nice. It feels crispy, bro. Yeah, dude. Like you're. In- <laughs> it's like someone told me like one of the crispiest things in the world to drink is like the first sip of a Diet Coke. I'm like, bro, have you ever cracked open a Liquid Death? Yeah, so. Decline of Western
0: Civilization. Part two. The metal years. Because the first one was like early, basically early fucking L.A. underground punk and stuff. Yes. Like you have like classic bands like Circle Jerks, Black Flag, Mm -mm. X, and then like some like bands that didn't maybe not as make it like Catholic Discipline Mm -hmm. and freaking Alice in the Bags and stuff, which I'm going to tell you right now about this documentary, no one was cool as my boy
1: Kickface. (laughs) Well... Well, no one established. No, yeah. no, no. Sorry, no one that wasn't already established was his yes. as coolest as kickface. Like obviously, there's fucking Lemmy in here, and he's super cool. He's great. Yeah, but there was no one just like kickface, just
0: like some random Frenchman. It was just like so, <laughs> just fun and honest. And I just can hear him talk and his talk in his French a- accent and just bitch about everything. It's so yeah, good. It was pretty, and good. and then playing his weird post punk band. Were they a post-punk band? Catholic discipline to me seemed like a post-punk band. I just love when he says, New Wave is not the fucking thing. <laughs> new fuck- Wave isn't real? <laughs> new Wave isn't fucking real. Yes, there's hardcore, there's punk, there's rockabilly, psychabilly, whatever, like all that stuff, but New Wave is not a real thing. It's like, oh, lol. Oh, hindsight. <laughs> but you know what's also funny in hindsight? This fucking documentary. God, I can understand why this is the one
1: everyone fucking talks about. Here's the
0: thing about this one: I'm gonna. I don't know if I should say it now or later. This is definitely the production and editing
1: went yeah. way
0: up. Yeah, the I was first gonna one say felt like more like <coughs> gorilla style freaking filming and stuff. Yes, yes. I'm sure this came out of her pocket when she made this documentary and everything too. And it was like a good like shock or you could say shock or exploit film for the time period because basically like we're aware of it but i'm sure that time it's like dude what is this fucking weird wild music who are these drugged up lonely angry kids like this is just some wild shit dude like i'm just saying but now this was actually funded by a fucking record company all this shit too like this is sparkly but you could tell this director she fucking hated a lot of these fucking bands. She had oh, to deal yeah. with. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. I was gonna point that out. again. I'm not gonna spoil anything. But like, guess yeah, she made it's friends fu- with them and a lot. Of t- too. but a lot is like, dude. <clears> I fucking. She do was not fucking like. harsh on some of those guys. And
0: it's good. Because and it's fuck for a lot of these guys. Fuck a lot of these fucking guys. Like, oh my god. Like here's the thing. If you ask me which is more entertaining between the two, I would say this one. This is a lot more of an easier watch. The formatting's a little bit better and stuff too. Yeah. Cause the formatting and like the other one was like, Hey, would you just sit down, do a band, the next do another band, and then maybe we'll have a like roll call of like all like the friggin' like youngsters and stuff of the scene and too. Yeah, because and then have a performance where like, yeah, performance like something comes goes down and stuff too. And then like hear like this friggin' crazy mu- music and stuff too. This was just like, there's some performances, but you s- it's like this was more like topics. Yes. She'll do a topic, and then her fucking roll call of established acts, some fucking peeps of the scene, and then whatever goofy fucking, like, little band that she had
1: to, like, do and stuff. Yes. Let's get on this, bro. (laughs) How we start this bad boy off? So we open up with a man stalking through the shadows of an alleyway with a smoke machine. No, it's not a fucking alleyway. That's a fucking stage. It looked like an alleyway. So whatever fucking stage. <clears throat> and you hear a guitar playing in the background. Yeah, just. <clears throat> and then we hear Shock rock master himself, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper saying how heavy metal fans are passionate and vocal, and how they're the best fans, and he salutes them. I'm like, no, I that's Gene Simmons. I thought that was. I thought Alice said that part. Maybe they both
0: did because I just remember freaking Gene Simmons and his fucking sparkly leather like freaking thing was like heavy metal fans are some of the most passionate fans out there and they're basically what, whatever
1: you know like uh, there. I'm not here without them I yeah. salute them I'm like As I don't know to you I'm like I don't know about that one bro but then we get shots of metal bros like you know that that one shot where they're like there's people standing in line and the cameras moving back and it's metal. like all these like dashers just go yeah
0: fuck yeah we're on camera metal bro nah. throwing up the horns spoiler alert: I think all these fans were going to the show were going to one show that
1: was basically for one band these aren't the same fans you'll see through the rest of the these yes. shitty bands. You know, they're, they got their middle fingers, their black clothes and long hair and hairspray, like, flip-up hats. Some like, guys actually moon the camera. Like, these are some metal heshers. Yes. Not the fucking bands we're about to fucking talk about. As Motorheads Cradle to the Grave plays. Oh,
0: yeah. like get,
1: Obviously, it's going to be awesome because Motorheads and tunes are playing. We get a cast listing for this picture. This is way bigger scope, like you said. Not going to go into it yet, but there's a bunch of bands, and then they perform... And then there's big names and bands interviewed. Some of them don't perform. The first one was just kind of like, oh, here's some shit and peeps doing some shit. This is meant to be a different documentary. It's introspective. Look at how at the house, not just the whys. you know what I mean? And unlike the punk one, There's people in here with counterpoints too. The first one was a punk documentary where they let all the punk rockers speak for themselves and that's it. This one has people like counterpointing only like two or three. Yeah, it's literally like it's more
0: topic based and then like then like editing everyone as they answer whatever the topic is and stuff. Instead of just like a look at a band.
1: Yes. We open in some blonde dude with big crazy hair being asked why he thinks kids like metal. And he says it's an escape. They can do what they want, be cool and be crazy. A little kid is asked, why like does when he I, like it?
0: No, like literally that first comment when I like literally opened when he said that, I'm like, oh, that is the total difference from this one to the first one. Yeah, right. This one was like total escapism. The first one was
1: just accepting reality. It's just in straight up reality, bro. Yeah, that sets the tone for this whole show. So then, a little kid gets asked why he likes it, and he's yeah, it's like, "Some kid, mom and her kid, but the kid with the biggest fucking teased up hair." Yeah, and then we get a probation officer named Darlene. Petit- Petit- Pinocchio, and she's like, punk rock, I'm paraphrasing, but she basically said, punk rock kind of came out of nowhere. Heavy metal is a logical evolution of bands like Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, and even The Doors to an extent. So, like, a lot of
0: like the big pop rock bands and stuff. Like, punk was the first wave of British metal. Like, punk kind of came out of nowhere because literally. The director in an interview that podcast I like shared you basically says like honestly around that time when punk was happening, bro, I was fucking stuck listening to Disco and Doobie Brothers. I needed to get away from this. (laughs) Wait, you don't like China Grove? Whatever. She didn't like the fucking yacht rock and all that shit too. So a lot of these dudes just playing sloppy, nineteen fifties style fucking rock and roll riffs, but then decide to play fast and just
1: be really fucking angry. Yes. So hold on, let me slip out of this jacket. Well, you're getting hot, bro. Oh, I'm about to get heated. Well, you're getting hot like it's in the cat house. Oh, I'm about to get I'm about to get even hotter in a, in a little bit. Whew. Okay, so um, um let me see. Do, 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 do. Oh, we so did, we're talking about we the little yeah, we, we then see someone um, someone named Ton Master DJ for KNAC It's a radio station is it the fucking like t- Tawny or whatever Yeah DJ like the, like She came out like a total babe But just something no, goofy yeah, yeah, like yeah, oh yeah. yeah No
0: come on dude Metal's like totally She's like cool. it's an
1: evolution Maybe in the technical sense But the fun and energy Is still there And then we get Then we see Alice Cooper again And he says It's like a punch in the face It saved rock and roll And then we see Fucking Paul oh, oh, oh Fucking Paul Stanley Okay Fucking Paul Stanley The star child No That was, tells me what metal is no, he, was he? No, Paul Stanley was the cat, right? No, he was the star child. No, he is star child. Cat's like the drummer, I think. Okay, yes, the cat. <clears throat> that's Peter Chris. Yeah, let let me set uh. the stage for you, people. Uh. Paul Stanley is laying in bed in a top down view, blurry. With a, it looks like a fucking porno shoot. Like he's They're, snuggling
0: with a chick.
1: Yes, and he's like, metal is rock and roll. It's the rock and roll of the eighties. Today, he said, rock and roll back then was made by a bunch of people thinking with their crotches. I'm like, Kiss wasn't.
0: Shut the fuck up, bro. Lick it up, love gun. Hey, I'm going to tell you a spoiler. A lot of these dudes talk about their dicks throughout this fucking documentary.
1: Alice Cooper then says punk was beginning to become techno. It was becoming disco in disguise. I assume what he means by that is how at the time in the late 70s, a lot of the big bands in the that had CBGB clout were bands like R.E.M., U2, The Police, and Talking Heads who were like, no, 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 no. What he's talking about
0: is what the post-punk movie is. It's what from Joy Division. And literally- Oh. The peeps of Joy Division then became New Order, yeah. which then like remember that guy. Died. Remember Kickface going, New Wave isn't a thing. <laughs> New Wave became a thing. <laughs> That's right. And literally, you start having all these punks just going like, "Yo, fuck." having actual band I could just do all this shit on a fucking keyboard.
1: that's ex- okay. That's
0: New Wave, which then basically, yeah, no, that's fucking like a lot of post punk new Because literally the Deuce of Joy Division, mm-hmm. when they went and started New Order, literally had one of the first big like hit songs that was like an electronic song. Which is what fucking like Blue Monday. Blue
1: Monday, yeah. That's
0: which right. that's a great fucking song. I <laughs> oh, love Blue so Monday. Good. Literally they made that song out of a fucking thing where it's like people keep asking us for an encore so you no know, we made a fucking song all electronic. So when they asked us for for Encore, we're just going to throw it over the PA, go high, and buy. <laughs> but it became a massive fucking hit.
1: Yeah. No, no, that's that. I love that story. And then that's you got like poem.
0: bands like Sister of Mercy and stuff too. So that's literally like the punk, which then became like, was going more of the post punk route and stuff too. Because that was punk in the most. <laughs> You could say in the most mainstream, Mm -hmm. the ones that were having hits that could be playing on radio stations and
1: stuff, too. I mean, doing it. Not talking
0: about hardcore. No, hardcore went in a different route.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's basically what happened with them. What was what's the name of the industrial metal project that one of the old guys from Napalm made? I forgot the name. Not industrial metal, but you know what I mean? Um you mean fucking Godflesh? Godflesh, yeah. That's basically what Godflesh was. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. That's the thing.
0: A lot of punk decide to like stop doing traditional instruments and start going with fucking like playing with fucking beat like beat makers and stuff too. They don't so want yeah, to be So yeah, base. And you gotta remember this documentary is based in late eighty seven, eighty eight. So around this time, new wave and fucking like friggin' post punk with friggin' like you know fake with like fake drums, like yeah. a drum machine was a thing.
1: Oh, yeah. So, like, in a statement... Because this is 85, so Prince is really popular. Michael Jackson's really popular. Duran Duran and fucking bands like them and Squeeze are really popular, yeah, too. Yeah, I know. So. And then,
0: like, as I said, post-punk, a lot <clears> of <throat> that shit was definitely being, like, worked with freaking drum machines and synthesizers. This is Ibis. 85.
1: Did Fugazi's album come out yet? I forgot. I don't know when my... I don't know minor threats off my head.
0: I just okay. know Ian McKay's a weirdo.
1: <laughs> no, he's a weirdo, but he makes some good music. But whatever, Fugazi is a
0: band that created fucking emo and create emo. Did they? Yeah, and also I've heard that Minor mm-hmm. Threat's like the like the band that like kind of declined punk itself. They were the first band that wanted to, like that weren't trying to like make originality. They were the first band that wanted to be like another band, and Minor Threat just wanted to be Bad Brains.
1: I still like Minor Threat. Oh no, Minor Threat—they're no, really. Well, really
0: good. I don't like the I don't like Minor Threat's full length, but their fucking EP demos, their EP and their demos. Yeah, it's like there's a little bit more grind to their tones. Yeah. It's, Actually pretty fucking awesome.
1: No, it's really good. Yeah. So then then the man himself, Lemmy Kilmasturg, is on. Uh, c- oh, yeah, we like, there's a
0: documentary we watch. <laughs> we're, we're still we keep just talking about what <laughs> I have an idea. Hey, guy, of what hey, musical viewers, history.
1: hey viewers, we like a lot of music. We're trying to listen to a decent amount of music. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh, Lemmy, you know, they you know, we're still in line with the question why the kids like heavy metal. He's like, it's fast and aggressive and rebellious and their parents hate it, like all the best rock and roll. Like any good rock, any good sign of rock and roll if the parents hate it. And then we cut back to Paul Stanley and now the camera zoomed out and there's two extra women in the bed. Two or three? No, there's three in total, but we only saw one. I thought it was like five. I thought I, I just saw three. Where'd you see the other two? Dude, there's like five chicks in there. There are? Whatever. Um, continue on. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and she's like, what do you think about kids' parents that don't like you? And he says it just like this. He goes, do I care? He made his money. <laughs> yeah. And then Joe Perry. I I didn't look up the Castle scene before this, so I was a little surprised. Joe Perry from Aerosmith shows up, and he says that, you know, the heavy metal bands bit off kind of one thing that they did. When he says they, I guess he means Aerosmith or bands similar to Aerosmith. I'll kind of get to that later. Um, oh, and uh, Steven Tyler's there, too. So cool. Yeah. Um, I am I was wondering myself, I'm like, is man's trying to say heavy metal ripped off Aerosmith? Whatever. So then we get, and then we meet old Prince of Darkness himself, Ozzy Osbourne. He says heavy metal is, um, it's an electrifying, spine-tingling feeling you get from it. And then, he, and then he just goes into the guitar part, you know, from, um, he really got me by the kinks. He's just like, you know, it's like, um, electrifying, spine-tingling feeling you get from, banana na 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 It's like an orgasm.
0: Okay, so right now, I only see three women. I like mistakenly. You looked it up? Yeah, right here. Yeah,
1: there's only three women. Yeah. I just confused Paul Stanley as a lady. (laughs) Easily to do. Then we get our lord and savior, Gene Simmons, walking down the streets in a leather jacket. You mean the streets are this fucking lingerie freaking shop? I thought he was on the sidewalk, then he went in a lingerie shop, unless this is just some extravagant no, ass I, lingerie shop. This
0: is just some extravagant ass lingerie shop. So. Is this, do we get the great shot of him just like he's talking, but then a lady walks oh, by? Oh, that's coming
1: up. Oh. So, you know, and he's just like, he's, he's like, he, he literally says, he goes, sex. And rock and roll. (laughs) The American way. That's what he literally said. Sex and rock and roll. And then we meet two young upstarts. We meet two young up and comers. Oh, yeah. In the metal world. You may not have heard of them. I don't think we've ever talked about them on this show. A man named Bobby Dahl and Brat fucking Michaels. They're in this documentary
0: too, everybody! I told you they're in this documentary. I forgot. I blocked it out. And how much of a piece of shit is this
1: young Brett Michaels? Listen, I take back almost everything I said calling Brett Michaels a piece of shit in Rock of Love. He is completely bearable and able to be around in Rock of Love. He is in this documentary, he is The worst. The worst. Like, all these poison guys. Every time he talks, it's just like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, every time all those guys, what? Cece talks, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. No, Brett's
0: the biggest one. No,
1: Brett is. Our, I think that might be biased like, because we've like, watched for two shows. Literally, with him. no
0: homeboy right next to him says maybe like three words the yeah. whole entire documentary. That's the uh, basis. It's mostly Brett just talking and like, yeah, you see Cece and Ricky Rocket talking and stuff too, but they're almost passable. It's like okay, but Brett Michaels literally
1: is trying to live his fucking gimmick he's the worst shit oh god i just down the rest of my fucking murder water murder water liquid death liquid death so the lady is trying to ask something. And he's like, yeah, it's 16 inches. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's like, the girls all want to. And he goes, 16 inches. And then they act like they're in high school. He like looks at Bobby and like does that thing where he like, he's like, he's hitting him with the side of his He's like, that's funny. That's funny. And it's like in high school. I'm like shut up, you geeks. And then we see two geeks for this band called London named Nettier de Priest and Lizzie Gray. And at the time I was like, who the fuck is... What the fuck band is London? Yeah, what the fuck band is London? So I googled London. Do you guys want to know who used to be in this band? Many people. Izzy Stradler, Guns N' Roses. Steven Adler, Guns N' Roses. Slash Guns N' Roses. Slash Revolver slash South Park. And Blackie fucking Lawless. Oh, and some some random jobber named uh, <laughs> Nikki Six. No one huge... No one huge. Oh, and oh, and a guy, I guess that would drum for Cinderella, but who gives a shit? So they're like, one of the guys like, I got a big dick and we like party and then fucking. It's like, i got the biggest dick all around. It's like, fuck, I got the dude. biggest dick out of all these guys. i of all these guys in the scene. It's like, God, fuck me. It's like, bro. Shut the fuck up. God damn it, dude. And then we get fucking Dave Mustaine. He goes, "It's not I uh, I gotta try to because he kind of has that barrier vibe. Yeah, to he's him. just
0: like he's just kind of just like he's chilling.
1: Like, it's not about the size of your pencil. It's how you write your name with it. <laughs> like you go, Dave Mustaine. It's like
0: thank God Dave Mustaine exists.
1: <laughs> but then we're back to these fucking assholes. Then the lady asks the Pete asks the people, "What's headbanging?". Alice bangs his head around, and then Gene talks about how back in his day, back in his they used day. to talk about girl banging or, or gang banging, but head banging, he's basically like, No, that's whack. I'm like, I literally was like, Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> so then the lady. <laughs> ah,
0: fuck him. So then there's this dude. Fuck all these dudes. Except, well, <laughs> except there's cool. Like Lemmy's cool.
1: Jay's yeah, of course. Cool, Yeah. Ozzie's oh, Alice cool. is cool. Alice is cool. Ozzy's cool. Yes. I'm trying to think. I'm sure. Paul Stanley was okay later on, but he started off on the wrong foot. No, both these Kiss guys are just... Dude, he's doing an interview. I much prefer...
0: I'm- Who does a fucking interview in a bed with multiple women? That's literally... He's just trying to flex. <laughs> and he's such a tiny looking nerd.
1: Like, literally. Just I, st- I can mistake him for a lady. He's I wearing still- yoga pants, bro. I still strongly say he is a much more, like, approachable person to be around than Gene Simmons. I genuinely believe that. Oh, no. Gene Simmons is worse. Then there's this dude with, like, Like, big hair. You can see
0: Paul Stanley's actually, like, he's showing he's flexing. Like, Gene Simmons is trying to, like, says he's, like, flexing. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, there's fucking Shannon Tweed and all the women he's banging. Yeah, of course. Like, I'm not doubting the amount of women. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not doubting Gene Simmons of getting laid. Like, I'm sure he got laid. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he got laid a lot. Yes. But you still he still sucks though. Yeah. Except he's a great smart financial person. Oh no,
1: he's extremely business.
0: Savvy. But also here's a total fucking ju- douchebag. You can't have can't have good friends with. Yes. He'll stab you in the back.
1: So yes. fuck him. He's a business shark. All
0: right. Can we like like take a like quick break? I gotta like piss. So is there Go anything ahead. else? The freaking Oh, it's like they talk no, about no, now, now.
1: Now we get now now this is where we get um. Now this is where well, we we're talking we about The got...
0: headbangers I just remember like The whole area Because they show like Some actual Heshers yeah. Like just chilling I was not say dudes. That's the
1: part we're at If you want to take your break Yeah no, know Like, like just him.
0: chilling Like this one dude In the flannels Like he's like What's fucking Like headbanging? Oh like, yeah I yeah, wrote dude, that down he just sit there He's like Metal dude Fucking metal
1: He's like A headbanger goes To the front of the stage And they just Headbang their head I mean that's them You know that's not me I stand back And look at the chicks I look at the chicks I look at the chicks Picks. No, I would still said the Hesher
0: where he's just sitting there saying, fucking metal dude. Fucking metal dude. <laughs> like, he's an actual metalhead. Yeah. A lot of these fucking like nerds that they got from the scene for the roll call are like these wannabe fucking musicians. Yeah, these wannabe glam guys. All right, listeners, a uh, quick. We're gonna take a quick second for BRB.
1: Fucking metal dude. We're fucking back. Fucking metal dude.
0: Uh, okay, I actually like these guys. <laughs> Uh, those guys, like, the fucking random Hessers are, like, like the coolest dudes, but then, but that's only for, like, a split second, because then we get back to dudes trying to talk about their dicks. Ah, anything else about this roll call, fucking peeps, or now we're back to, now, the fucking disclaimer opening shot. Oh, fuck, we're only
1: at the disclaimer opening shot. This is gonna be a good podcast. Um, let me see. Oh, yeah, really, really quick, um... (laughs) Uh, then there was a sweet portly, uh, black woman who says a headbanger is someone who likes thrash, nothing else and hates glam. Does that make you a headbanger? I guess so. Well, I guess back in high school. Oh yeah. Then this is the part where that, yeah. Then after that, that's where the guys metal D fucking metal. Yeah. So this, and the funny thing is I wrote here in all caps. I'm like, this part sucks because all of those answers were right. God, metal fan fans can be cringe. Anyway, so Lemmy's like... Oh, fuck, bro. So then Lemmy's like, you know, I think we started that, actually, the motor headbangers. And then they asked this blonde dude from the start, do you headbang?" He's like, nah, I get drunk and chill. Watch them be stupid. Alice is like, that's just rock and roll, man. The 80s rockers just make it more pronounced than it was. Then this is where the disclaimer happens. It's the same thing as last time. Yeah, but
0: like last time, it's like you got a bunch of angry people or just like dudes just being sarcastic. And stuff where it's like, please be advised, please be advised, please be advised. (laughs) This is like, hello, (laughs) let's Please be advised of entering onto this premise. That's your man. Like, literally these guys are trying to be cute and dorky.
1: Yes, the other guys are just being assholes. I
0: think you could say we're assholes because they're just having fun. But I vibe with the but very angry assholes like Keith Morris.
1: I vibe, I vibe with Keith Morris and uh, and freaking um, uh, Ron Reyes more than I vibe with everyone in this documentary except for like three people. So then we open up with a band named
0: Wait, why don't Wait, didn't you just like write down the disclaimer? Well, it's the same thing from last time. Yeah, but it's so entertaining. You might. Well I just... have
1: to go back to last time's notes. Do You have last time's notes. I keep all of them. Just in case.
0: Yeah, well, I usually delete, like, mine for the next episode. Do
1: you want me to look up the disclaimer, bro? Well, it'd be great to,
0: like, do it and then try to do as cheesy as they were. Okay, bro. Let me see. Whatever. So while the disclaimer is going on with all, like, the bands that would be performing in this video, we then get a performance by Lizzie Borden yeah. as they do Heavy Metal Thunder by Steppenwolf?
1: Yes. I wasn't too sure on that one. I was going to say. So and then who's- throw
0: down the singer has a fucking hatchet and stuff. And, like,
1: dude, he's a fucking juggalo, bro. So you all may be asking yourself, who's Lizzie Borden? I've never heard of that band before. Well, Lizzie Borden is the name of the singer for the band, and um, I think they're still around? Yes, yeah, so Lizzie yeah. Borden
0: still exists, and honestly, we don't get too much Lizzie Borden to actually piss us off. Yeah. Like, they're goofy and loud, and like and like their appearance not in music and stuff, too, but like- Luisito was fine. I don't know. Like, they I looked was... like a bunch of geeks. They weren't like a bunch of dudes trying to seem like they're getting laid. The
1: singer looked ridiculous. He was just a man wearing aviators and what looked like a discount Sergeant Pepper's coat. Yeah, because no. why? It's the eighties and yeah. record companies. He's wearing the
0: fucking captain's hat, the Sergeant Pepper's coat, the fucking big old shades. Because
1: it's the eighties and it record. like heavy metal fun down. And then yeah, because it's the eighties and record companies were still trying to tell all all their singers to rip off David Lee Roth and the music. Bands, uh, parts of Led Zeppelin. So yeah, play Born to be Wild. I don't know. I was a little pessimistic. My reaction was like, really? That's your best foot forward? Heavy metal done. This song, this singer isn't the most generic I've heard, but pretty fucking generic sometimes. They get more generic as the the documentary goes on. The singer's like, we want to be the biggest, most outrageous band ever. I'm like, fuck you. You cookie-cutter fuck! He does Bro, Lizzie Borden is the least worst out of all these bands. He makes a good point about how it isn't easy. There's a million bands doing it and how it's a rough schedule. Road makes you go crazy. So you know what? There were some dudes in this that actually had sensible heads. This was one of them. The performance mostly sucked. And when it ended, he like... I don't know. It looked like he threw Cheerios at the crowd or whatever. Like this,
0: like, no, Lizzie Borden, the band,
1: was just silly. Yes. And I was very forgiving on that. And them. then they're like, thank you, good night. I'm like, that's your closer? <laughs> hey, they, I thought they did a good cover of Born to be Wild. There are ladies in the back. Born to be Wild! Then, the la- then they're in the back, and the camera lady is, is like, so where to next? And then one, guy, one guy's like, we're going to go fuck our brains out. Then they pour beer on each other, and I was like... You we are so close. You're so close. I almost liked you. Damn it. He's like, we want to be the biggest and the best. She's like, well, what if it doesn't happen? He's like, well, you know, we're going to know we had fun trying. I'm like, you know what? That's fair. Wait, oh, did you find that disclaimer yet, or are we just going to skip it? I don't know where my notes went for that. So oh, So well. might just be gone. Sadness, <laughs> This bro. guy... This guy, this guy didn't seem like a tool. Enter onto these premi Enter onto these premises that you will be videoed with. Wait, that's it? Because I think it should be. That's right. It was the Attack on Titan finale. Here we go. Oh, was that
0: what your main one was? yeah um because that Attack
1: was a on time finale which oh yeah did you
0: read the manga bro oh i read that fucking manga uh no let's not talk about because this would be yeah. a fucking
1: dirtbag. attention and- please be advised that your entry attention up- please attention please attention please please be advised that your entry upon this attention, premises please. you are consenting to be photographed and have your likeness used in a motion picture your likeness used in a
0: Pornographic likeness picture. Like, you know, I got Damn Mustang getting into it. To be uh, your ugly
1: faces. Ah. Whatever. Good stuff. So then after, so then after that, um. Uh, okay, I'm just like, yeah, we
0: just got great shots of like the performance and notes. of The production of this documentary has definitely stepped up, but that, but that's thanks to the record company that funded yes. this. I'm just going on my notes, and then we, we get a shot of the singer Lizzie Bourne, of the singer of Lizzie Borden telling us how rigorous, yeah, the touring schedule is. Blah 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 blah, and then and they're pouring beer over themselves. It's like, yeah, we're gonna go fuck our brains out. But now it's
1: fucking Brett Michaels again. That was it. Yeah. The now we're back to Poison. Poison. Fast talking Brett Michaels is like, there's a million bands out there that look and sound great, and here comes Poison. What do we do? We get outrageous looks, and people are like, "Well, can they play?" And and he's like, and he's like, "Well, you know what? You can't sell three million records without knowing how to play." <laughs> of course, he has to flex his fucking. He was flexing records. numbers in the for the last 40 years
0: you know what's the thing bro it's like yeah like of course we play as like no CC can play Ricky is con- Ricky Rocket's confident Brett there is a literal term for your singing style it's called Brett Michaeling it <laughs> Brett Michael's it bro that just means you just like do a monotone weird thing you got a monotone voice eat
1: shit yeah exactly but 3 million records sold I don't know fucking how but fuck the hands <laughs> of fate are just on your side then we see Cece and Ricky Rocket, and she asks, did you ever think you weren't going to make it? And then they look each other at each other and laugh at that question. No. I'm like, fuck you, you pretentious dick!
2: Now,
0: here's the thing about Poison's story. They do, like, every time they show up in a documentary talking about Glam Hill, they were ones that say, it's like, they street teamed really hard. They're like ones that would sit there and pass out flyers all night and then have parties where it's like, hey, we will supply all the beer and stuff. And then, like, you got... Brett Michaels is, I guess, a hot dude, so they're able to score chicks. Like, literally, their work effort and their, like, freaking, like, calculated decisions is legit. But Poison fucking sucks. Cool,
1: they're businessmen, not musicians. <laughs> Yeah,
0: fuck. Their so music then, quality ain't worth shit.
1: So then Brett talks about me- money, about how the other guys spend their money wisely, and how basically he's a dumbass and has no money. Yeah, <laughs> I only
0: spent all my money. He's like, doing fucking what?
1: Hey, you have to do something to write every rose has its thorns.
0: No, and, and it's not even around that time that, like, every rose. I he was getting
1: the inspiration for it. He just didn't realize it.
0: Well, I don't think he'll try to fucking marry a stripper yet around this time. And then they start talking. Think he's trying to pork a fucking stripper, but he kept on dumping all his money to impress her. And
1: then they did his weird. Some, like of, me. I have
0: money. <laughs> I sing in the band. Will you, like,
1: f- touch my penis, bro? And then someone says how, like, Success is like cars. I don't know. They're basically just like, nah, man, we're not in it for the money. We're in for the rock and roll, in, man. Yeah,
0: we're in for the rock and roll. I'm like, eat shit. They said like, no, <laughs> success is like, yeah, you get a fast car and stuff, and if you don't know how to handle it, just, yeah, you just fucking, you're just gonna crash. That's how success is in, fa- success and fame. If you don't know how to handle it, you're just gonna crash. Oh, God, I can't wait. It's like, the hindsight's so funny, except fucking Poison still did well. <sighs> then we're at the for rain. For the most part. Yeah. They got very comfy, comfy, livable lives then we're at the they're total
1: shitheads (laughs) fuck poison then we're at the rainbow the fucking rainbow yeah we're just showing up the rainbow still with poison this is the part you were talking about how like oh we used to hand out flyers you know it's like this is a big epic fucking story we'd rehearse go up put out flyers and then another band covers it up we sneak back cover theirs up it was like a war man well the fucking
0: flyer war is legit though
1: like as goofy Mm. as poison is like they literally get a shot of just
0: these punishers with their flyers come to our shitty club show come to to our shitty club show come to our shitty club show and like oh yeah I'll call them and it's like yeah no fuck that
1: oh yeah and then then we get people talking talking about their flyer hustling and then we get these guys basically based so then she asks a bunch of random people what's the name of your band and in this order oh you fucking got all that shit in this order we got sex (laughs) That's (laughs) that's the first one sex oh god Jonathan Wedding Vixen, Tara, Gypsy and the Troubadours, Tommy Rock, Velocity, I wonder if they play on Saturdays, Tough, T-U-F-F everybody, Dirty Blonde, Wet Cherry, some random goober then says, The baddest band in the fucking universe. Then the child from earlier says, Mega dork. I wonder if that was Mustaine's kid. Were they born at that time? Or no. whatever? Then Untoomly Dead. Cryptic Slaughter. Yeah, no, we literally... Because <laughs> we're just, like, getting
0: all these fucking band names. But then, like, the fucking one dude with the fucking grungy little mohawk and the fucking Blast Peep like, staff, Cryptic Slaughter. Like, outside the Megadeth fucking show and stuff. And it's like, Cryptic Slaughter It's like, well, they are in L.A. That's just so fucking random, but... And then the last one, oh, like oh, Cryptic Slaughter is legit. But, yeah, like all
1: of them, like Wet Cherry, Sex. Oh, and then the last one, Jaded like, Lady. I think other than out of all of them, it's
0: like Cryptic Slaughter and Vixen. I think are the only notable bands. Yes. Oh, speaking of which, so then one guy, uh, yeah, yeah, the last one's down, called like, Jaded Lady. Yeah, I just wrote down. It's like we. It's like then we get like a lot of these like n- freaking like nearest tone us. They're, they're like all these dudes tell us their band names, except one dude says he's from sick, Cryptic Slaughter. Like it said. And it's like, yeah, the greasy mohawk fool.
1: <laughs> I love how the way he said it too. He's just like cryptic slaughter. <laughs> yeah, and then one guy says he uses flyers to talk to chicks because you know they're like, oh, when they know in your band, they're cool. I need to say by the way, I listen to the all these bands. Wait, you actually found all these bands? Well. Okay, so Sex, couldn't find. Jonathan Wedding, couldn't find. Vixen, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm giving them more credit because, just because they're women, but you know what? They actually don't suck. They actually feel like musicians, and the gals are still going at it to this day. I was about to say, it's. Like, I think Vixen was an actual band. They just... Yeah. I think just a little too tardy to the party for the time period. Tara couldn't find. Gypsy and the Troubadours. I found a country band named Gypsy Store Troubadours. Not bad. Tommy Rock couldn't find. Velocity. I found a Judas Priest worship band from like 2016 that was blah. Tough. Fucking sucks. Dirty Blonde. Fucking sucks. Wet Cherry couldn't find. Oh, thank Unto- God. Untoomly Dead couldn't find. Cryptic Slaughter. If none of you have listened to it, they're a fucking sick crossover band. They're like... So I don't know why the hell the guy was chilling, but he was there. It's a Megadeth show. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to say it's like, you got to realize a
0: lot of these like, fucking Heshers are bros that don't seem like glamour. Like, dude, a lot of these dudes are hanging outside the fucking Megadeth show. Yeah. Is Megadeth thrash? Yes. yes. <laughs> is Cryptic Slaughter thrash? Mostly. Yeah.
1: And Obviously, then, Cryptic Slaughter is faster than Megadeth. Yes. And then the next one's Jaded Lady. I'm going to be honest wasn't awful the music kind of sucks but you know what they actually had a pretty good singer
0: they like i guess the jay lady was an actual
1: band yeah all right cool uh, so anyway now we meet a Perfect man Slaughter. named now we meet a man named Deji benjamin i like this guy he said yeah most of these guys are kind of like just out of high school they have no idea what they're doing and they can't get real jobs
0: yeah, this is where also we get a roll call of the question. So what do you do outside the band?
1: Yes. And a lot of
0: them have like some, like we basically get arranged from teachers to fucking accountants to basically this one guy, schmucks.
1: This one guy with like big giant hair and this just like snobby look about him. He asks him and he says it just like this. He just goes, I'm a professional musician. I'm a professional
0: musician. Like, fuck the guy- you! Is this the guy with the ripped up jeans and the big eyebrows? I don't
1: know if he has the ripped up jeans. He had the big ass eyebrows. Oh, so yeah, that's
0: the fucking dude. Half I Half
1: blonde, half black hair, I think. Yeah, I just said, oh, no, 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 no. Half blonde, half black. That's a different guy. Okay. That's the really glare guy. It's like, you look like, you could be passed as a chick. I can be fooled. One guy says he works at a cookie shop. Next woman's like legal secretary. Another woman says LA school district. One guy can't stand work. Never had a job. Cool. Paul Stanley says, money isn't really important. Having money just makes it so that you can forget about money. I think I'm paraphrasing there. It was a little more poignant than that, but still.
0: It's like money, is, I think the best way to say it's like money isn't going to buy you happiness kind of thing. Money ain't going to solve all your problems. Yeah, I'm like. It'll solve a few of them. Yeah, but like. Now it's like, at least your problems could be maybe more dealt with. Like you have the fucking freedom to maybe deal with this with problems.
1: Having not money sucks. <laughs> <laughs> one guy would rather you get should, Paul Stanley. One guy would rather get rich off of rock and then rich off of plumbing. And I'm like, bro, if you get rich, who gives a shit? Whatever. One guy says, well,
0: one, you actually have to work. The other, you yeah. don't.
1: One guy literally well, yeah, says, got to work with rocking, but at least you don't have to fucking like hang out in mud. One guy literally says he doesn't want to work till he's 60 and then die poor at 70 with a with a with a fat wife that bitches at him and thirty kids. I want to do my own thing, the glam boy said calmly. Is that fucking Chris Holmes? Is that no. Was this the pool guy? No, no, no. He doesn't come till a little bit later. Then one guy wants an apartment with a carpet. Another guy says he dropped out of middle school because he doesn't like being told what to do. I didn't like being
0: told what I didn't like being told what to do.
1: She asked this one guy, why are you so rebellious? he's like, I went to Catholic school for twelve years. I'm like, that's fair. Yeah, I could see it. Then we cut back to fucking Poison! And she's like, You guys don't. You, he's like, What do you think about people that say you guys jumped on the band metal wagon? The glam metal The Bam glam metal band. And Brett Michael says, We built the first wheel on that freaking wagon. <laughs> well, no second, actually, because, you know, Alice Cooper. I'm like, Fuck you! You're a Motley Crue ripoff! Like, out 80% of the bands in this fucking dock! No,
0: dude, fucking. No, Poison's not a Motley Crue ripoff because they sound bitchy compared to Motley Crue. <laughs> like Molly Crew actually has a little tinge of hardness. Molly Crew like, actually felt like bad boys. Y- you felt like these guys are sketchy. Yes. Poison just
1: seems like a bunch of they fucking bitch like boys. They seem like bitchy. Yeah, a bunch of bitch boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they have a bunch of these we dudes We built the first wheel the glam. Shut the fuck. Up. <laughs> so
0: then No, they... you were like the No, you're at the point where Glam really took a shit cuz I saw this earlier and stuff too another thing. Glam in the beginning it was bands like you could say Motley Crue or Wasp. Yes. Or like fucking like you could almost say like Van Halen. There was like a little bit of legitimacy and like kind of a hardness to it. And I never understood this. And it felt like uh, it was like, oh, it's like a hard rock glam thing. Yeah. But then Poison turned the glam thing into a pop
1: thing. That's what I was going to say. I never knew what the distinction was until this documentary. Motley Crue, glam metal. Poison, hair metal. I finally understand what hair metal means. One
0: was just more fucking pop rock. Yes. The other
1: actually felt like a hard rock stick. Like, like you know, like it's like you said, Point uh, Motley Crue glam, fucking uh, Wasp glam. You could even make the argument that a band like Faster Pussycat is glam.
0: No, no, Faster Pussycat's total fucking. They're hair metal. Well, we see them in the fucking documentary too, no, do, yeah, and they're fucking
1: total trash. So then we have a bunch of these dudes talking about how they put on their makeup. A woman go, I showed this part to my mom. A woman saying, "Men and makeup is where it's at." I asked her. I said, "Were you like that?" And mom said, "No, I want. I mean, long hair was nice. I just wanted them to be nice and have some hair on their chest." I get one guy literally says, yeah, I get tips on how to from girls. I let them put my makeup on. It kind of turns me on. Cool. The dropout. Then we see a drunk. This is Chris Holmes. Then we see a drunk Chris Holmes sitting in a chair in a pool. He's like, yeah, honestly, I don't really like the glam thing, but hey, it sells records. (laughs) So, yeah. He's drunk off of a fuckload of vodka. Yep. Then we see some girls talking about how they don't even like the makeup. One says, I want my man to look like a man, which by 2021 standards would be considered, you know, she she's wanting antiquated, you know, gender norms. But you know what? The entire gland thing was guys dressing up in bright clothes and makeup. So, like. That's a small thing on the problematic scale. Or at least in this area. I'm sure elsewhere in the United States, I don't think it was a big an issue. This yes. is just
0: like this weird hub of, like, of LA assholes. Yeah, but LA fucking like strip, like fucking Sunset Strip Club fucking assholes. This
1: one woman, though, says word for word. All these guys in makeup for women—it brings out the bisexual tendencies. Because you know, no matter what people like to say, women like women. I'm like, wow, aggressive. Cool. Then about and then about how one guy gets people th- says how people say think that he's a transvestite, which was okay to say back then. And one guy says his parents still think it's a phase. And one guy at one point, I forget where. Oh, I, but I was I, like, oh yeah, my parents still think it's a
0: phase. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a fit. Fa- and oh, then one. A phase. And then
1: one guy, I forgot where it happened, but I know at some point somewhere. One guy was like, oh, yeah, this is a lifestyle for like five more <sighs> years. Then they ask like four Lem-
0: to five more years. Then he's they ask- <laughs> gonna
1: all take a shit for you guys. <laughs> then they ask Lemmy what he thinks of the pretty rock and rollers. He said, hey, good luck to him if they're pretty. I wish I was. <laughs> he's, I love Lemmy. He's so down to earth. Oh, so- you know what? I That's why Lemmy got more chicks than than uh, than, than, than 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 kiss, because you know why? Lemmy's a down, dirty, greasy, gross human being, but he's a cool dude. And gals vibe with that. He was a cool dude. Yeah, he was real. He's literally one of the coolest dudes on this fucking documentary. Then, um, then day, then um, oh yeah, then, then all they cut back to Dave Mustaine, and all he says is, "Yeah, we never did that shit or put on any hairspray." And that's it. That's all he said. I'm like, yeah. Cool Dave. Cool Dave. Joe Perry says, Well, it's theatrical and it's fun. The problem comes from when they're wearing it off stage and someone tries to, you know, pat you on the ass. Well, sometimes it's a problem.
0: And then like, didn't we just get Steve Tyler just hanging out? It's like, dude, it looks like a lady.
1: Yeah, he just leans into his ear.
0: Dude looks like a lady. <laughs> one guy gets such a trip because dude they actually look so good here like you look at aerosmith down they look like shit
1: well they're old and you know drugs drugs yeah but they look like smooth skin yeah yeah. one guy get one guy says he gets cat called one guy said he gets honked at by cars brett says well the older we get we have to actually put on more makeup so it just gets
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny because so true yeah like fuck you seen
1: what that shitty goatee of his
0: Oh god <laughs> It's so funny He's such a self-fulfilling prophecy
1: And then Oh fuck Oh it's coming Let me get ready for this <clears throat> Goddamn motherfucking Ricky Rackman Is here And this is be- At the cat house And this is before Ricky Rackman was on television Yes Who does he know
0: Guns N' Roses Who did do- <sighs> Fuck Thanks a lot, Axel. <sighs> Literally, yes. Axel's the reason Rackman exists in a fucking, like, an actual sense. Not just some, like, fucking goofy motherfucker that owned a fucking club. They ask him. Which, due to him, owning the cat club is the reason why, like, Guns N' Roses was a thing.
1: Are you telling me without the badass, without Ricky Rackman, we wouldn't have badass Guns N' Roses? Maybe? There, yes. There's a good sense of that. Rackman helped Guns N' Roses. I mean, that like actually broke me. You don't understand. I feel defeated. All the anger I had for Ricky right now just was just like deflated balloon, but not like a pop. We're talking like a sad Yes. No, I had a realization. I fucking too. hate you, Los Angeles.
0: Like literally that I just had a realization too. It was like, so you told me that Rackman, without Rackman, we might not have a Guns N' Roses. I'd like to hope. Like, literally, Rackman's, like, the dude that allowed to, like, have Guns N' Roses house them and have a regular spot to play at. Like, the cat house is actually important to fucking, like, Guns N' Roses. And this motherfucker.
1: Like, you can still hate on him. He's still fucking Rackman.
0: He's a fucking geek. He still
1: comes up as a fucking geek. So they ask him about the Cat House, the famous place on the Sunset Strip. You've heard it in Girls, Girls, Girls get name dropped. First um, word out of his, the first word out of his mouth is, there's more girl here than anywhere else in the world. We only play rock and roll and it's a fun, sleazy place. You know what? That wasn't a lie. No, it's funny. And he's wearing so much eyeliner
0: and glitter on his face. (laughs) Did you bring oh, your mom in for this part? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god, what's the Deanne report?
1: Uh, she saw him and she went, oh, that fucking guy." Oh. She hates Ricky Rackman, unequivocally, legitimately. When I told her that he was a reoccurring cast member on Daisy of Love, she went, "He didn't do anything. <laughs> he was the worst part about Headbangers Ball."
0: He owned a fucking club that birthed out Guns N' Roses. That's I hilarious. guess that
1: gives you free reign to do shit. Yeah, for some reason. Don't get me wrong. Go, it exists don't on get my one Everybody, Guns N' Roses is rad. See them on their new tours if you can. Okay, you don't have Steve Adler That's and Izzy. That sucks. But you know what? You got Axel Slash and Jeff McKagan. That's pretty fucking sweet. Anyway, and it's a good show. I saw him on my 22nd birthday. So... Then Faster Pussycat plays. Oh, God. Faster Pussycat's so fucking horrible. See, I didn't hate them. I didn't hate them. I didn't like them. Don't. No, I hate if the you singers. think if you think I like them, I, I I will pop your tires. Yo, dude, no fucking
0: like. I don't think you like. I just think the fucking singer is the worst part. Oh he's my god, he's so, such a douche. He just sounds like his voice is so nasally, or it's just so fried. Like fucking great numbers. Like, oh, I got your bathroom on the num. Oh, I no, got, no, got no, you on the, your number on the bathroom wow. Yeah, but even more like annoying and nasally. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he like if you want me to be honest, he looks like when they were showing the fucking edits where they're cutting to a lot of their like promo pics. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I could see this guy being like a fucking like model hot dude or whatever.
1: Ricky's in- his <clears throat> sucking voice sucks. Ricky literally says at this point while they're playing, this is what American rock and roll is all about. The co-owner literally says, yeah, we opened up the joint so, you know, me and my friends can hang out. Free beer, meat strippers. Ricky says they keep the AC off by design so that girls will take their clothes off. I'm like this asshole. Because like, I, like, uh, I like
0: I like I like skimpy
1: I like skimpy girls. I'm watching Faster Pussycat play, and I'm watching all these douchey fucks, and I'm thinking to myself, Do you know what I'm thinking of when I see Faster Pussycat play? I'm thinking to myself, Wow, this is what Discharge turned their back on punk rock for. For like five years to possibly get laid, (laughs) is it worth it? Glam guys, was the sex worth your dignity? The memes, bro. The memes. Oh, shit charge never more than never again. Um, then they ask FP, why are there so many sex references in their song? And then they joke because Timmy, the singer, he's a sexual monster, He's a sexual monster. And then she asks, why are they obsessed with sex? And then they joke, well, because we wanted to be obsessed with money, but we haven't gotten any. And then she asks. I'm like,
0: almost it's like, no, nah, Faster Pussycat is an established band, right? At I'm, this
1: point, I think I'm like,
0: I'm not. That, yeah, if they're not making that much money, but it's like they're at least touring
1: California and some neighboring states. Yeah, but then
0: it's like we gotta think. It's like, well, this is Faster Pussycat at this time, and honestly, they most likely spend their money faster than they were like keeping it, so than making it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But not like a band. <laughs> then later, that like definitely's got some sketchy debt. But we'll get <laughs> oh. to that.
1: And then she asks. So how are you a different band from everybody else? They say, well, we have big penises. <laughs> Sorry, I'm only laughing just because penis is a funny
0: word. Yeah, they literally- yeah, they're like, we have
1: big penises.
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. Like, they think they're being cute and funny, but like on this documentary. Considering everyone else is doing it, it's like, fuck these guys. Like, Lure is like, wow. You guys fucking suck. Like, you think you're being cute and quirky now?
1: But this oh. documentary? No, 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 no. <laughs> then she asks, how much money are you guys getting? And they're like, "Um, not a lot. So it's basically, they say, a grand a show, four shows a week. It's 2500 to be out on the road. Then they play another song, and then they tell this funny little story about how they were in Europe. The rooms were small, and basically the women were hairy. Oh, and then when they went to San Francisco, the people threw rocks at them.
0: Yeah, no, which, yeah, that was hilarious. (laughs) Like, we try to play like San Francisco and they just threw rocks at us. I'm like, yeah, so they basically got attacked by Exodus. I'm watching
1: all these assholes do this shit. And then this is when I turn to you and I'm like, do you see? Do you see why in a few years Nirvana and then Korn and then Slipknot in that order get really fucking popular when this is the shit that came before it?
0: Oh God. Yeah, bro.
1: Fuck man. Like if anything, this whole documentary just reinforces my, my, uh, my, my self-esteem for my music tastes because
0: bands like faster, pussycat, this documentary
1: made me fucking angry, bro. Like, I don't know if you can see it. Oh, I see it. I'm like, this is real passion. This is fire in my eyes. Then we're with Joe Perry and Steven Tyler. Like, at least a little bit more respectable
0: band with Aerosmith.
1: She's like, Like, "No, no, 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 no. They're a good band. They're a good band. They are a good band. Oh yeah, no. Aerosmith is a good band. She's like. Master Pussycat's not a good band. <laughs> she's like. You guys are the definitive hard rock band. How's that feel? I'm like, are they? I feel like in the. Gr- I feel like in the grand scheme of things, if we're going by hard rock, I think the definitive hard rock band is probably Led Zeppelin.
0: That's something you could say the earliest sense. You could say Aerosmith's pretty
1: like established. They're hard pretty rock, hard rock. I wouldn't ever say they're metal. I think they have They're hard rock. Yeah. The hard rock. And it's funny, Perry's like Perry's like, Yeah, it feels awesome. And and, and uh Steven Tyler's like, Yeah, Aerosmith is just blues. It's twos and fours and and fu- and blues and fucking. You can fuck to an Aerosmith song, he says. Oh. I'm like, cool dude. Cool dude. Steven's- I just wrote
0: down like, dude, Steven Tyler's wearing sneakers. <laughs> Like you can see all these fucking douchebags, and they're like freaking elaborate clothes. But any established act, unless you're Alice Cooper, yeah, most likely like at like is show and stuff everyone's just wearing normal clothes yes I said well then there's Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons but they're fucking total douchebags Stephen
1: Tyler says he really liked the dolls' style I think he says dolls and how he used to get called a Mick Jagger look alike. she's like you guys make a lot of money right he's like oh yeah millions she's like where does it go and he goes right up my nose <laughs> right up my nose <laughs> they're sober at this point but they did a lot of fucking drugs oh yeah they're like definitely <laughs> he says him and Perry used to be called the toxic twins I bet yeah. Joey Kramer would he's agree like, with yeah, that yeah they
0: used to call us the toxic twins twins
1: he says he's not proud of the fact that people try to party like him you know when the way they did it he says isn't the way you should do it and they talk about how you know they like being sober now Tyler says Aerosmith and their drug use too he said he said Aerosmith is like jerking off when you're young it's like that's what he does but when you get older you slow down get in the rhythm of things that's Aerosmith right now we're good at fucking I'm like cool okay Steven Tyler cool dude so then she asks how they feel about bands ripping them off. Joe says, "I don't really feel like anyone rips us off. Maybe yeah,
0: well, an- do you feel people rip off Aerosmith? I'm not too sure.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I don't uh, think so too much. I,
0: I, I'm not too much
1: of an Aerosmith dude. I'll I have to save for a thing later when I look at. If we're talking about glam specifically, I literally just think they're ripping off in this order: Led Zeppelin, then Van Halen, then Motley Crue. That's." to me, that's my, that's my feeling on it. Cool. You probably throw in some deep purple in there too, but mostly those. Three. Yeah. No, nah, but I don't think they're that legit. Yeah. Joe says, uh, I don't feel like anyone rips us off. I mean, he says maybe an attitude, but that's it. And besides, you know, we ripped, you know, we, we, we ripped off things from other people too. So it's like, you know, who cares? Yeah. Then Brett Michaels is like, but Oh we yeah. We don't rip off like only three bands. Yes. Oh then. So then Brett Michaels is just randomly with a bright ass red car yeah it's like why do we have a second interview segment where brett michaels The it
0: looks like the opinion. car from the
1: cherry pie music video yo dude fuck me <laughs> in this
0: fucking brett michaels like reoccurring character he
1: said it's like tyler once said rock and roll everyone is just repeating things but then you do it with uh then you do it with something you do it with something with someone already did but you do it with your own style she asks let me if he'd get upset if someone ripped him off he says, no, good luck to him. Maybe they'll do something we can copy later. <laughs> it's like, hopefully they could do it better and then we can steal from them. Alice Cooper then jokes that he knows a few that he'd like to hang right now as he gestures to like a noose on his stage I'm show. about to say, who's ripping off Alice Cooper? That's what I try to think. Because he makes another comment about it a little later. And I'm like, who the fuck's he talking about? Yeah, I don't know. i, I, I Alice I Cooper's a th- weird career. Yeah, I'm just saying. Keep in mind, he's been around since like eight, late '60s, maybe, but early, early '70s. Because, he, hey, yo,
0: like school's out or whatever, eighteen and like eighteen, the eighteen song. Yeah, yeah, totally sound different from his like if around this time. I'm sure he's working off his Poison single.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, don't forget, uh, eighteen is and from poison. his old. Eighteen is from his old band. Um. Alice Cooper and the million dollar babies cool which was a different thing they were actually contemporaries with the doors that's how far pack Alice Cooper goes but yeah Ozzy even says he's like no one's really original it's all been done before we're all thieves nice (laughs) Alice again says there are some pure plagiarists I know I won't name names but their initials start with and then they censor him I'm like who the fuck was he talking shit on
0: who fucking, who knows? Paul, Paul Stanley says, I guess Alice Cooper really felt ripped <laughs> off about someone.
1: Paul Stanley says, imitation is the seri- most sincerest form of flattery. It feels, it feels good that you made your mark on music. No one can say kiss didn't make a mark on music. I'll no, say that. You, 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 It's like, you cannot deny that. Then Ozzy even puts like, over kiss. He says how back in the seventies, they supported Black Sabbath and that that was the first time he'd see such a big, huge ass, like, production for a rock show.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about Kiss. They're a lot more production than actual music. And the, y-
1: yeah. No, yeah. I'm, about to say, <laughs> yeah. I'm about to say, like, Kiss's music, I can't get in. I they can't. never got over critically. It was always their live shows. And they kind of pulled a Peter Frampton, Yo, sort so of, I'm where one the- of their best selling albums was a live album. So I'm not
0: dripping out then. Fucking Kiss, for the most part, I just yeah. feel like I just either just don't get them musically.
1: Or they're just not as good musically. No, no, no. People will tell you that. I mean, I I know retroactively people like Eddie Trunk and Scott Ian try to say, Oh, their music was hard. In In sex. sex. I know people like Scott Ian and Eddie Trunk want you to believe that, oh man, they were always cool this and that. No, I'm going to Dave Meltzer this shit. No one gave they got fans. I'm not saying people didn't like them, yeah, like Scottie but, no Ian am- but no one thought they were a Daryl. But no one thought they never got over with critics and people that just listened to the music they were drawn in by the imagery. They all say that. Oh yeah, I saw this cover and then they all saw it when they're young, right? And that was one of their first big things in the big theatrical shit. And then it wasn't until that's why i made the pure frantic comparison it wasn't until that motherfucking live album the motherfucking live album because it also got like video production and shit and then all of a sudden oh my god kiss kiss army yeah you know and that obviously shit.
0: there's also the fucking parent panic too of
1: like their that kids too. listening to kiss and thinking yeah. nights in satan's service <laughs> That's what they thought it's It's an all gimmick. Yo, fuck KISS, bro. <laughs> and listen, I'm not saying KISS doesn't deserve or earn their legacy or place in music history. They do. I'd never say that. No, I'd never they're take very... that away from them. No, as like you said
0: earlier, they're very good businessmen.
1: Yes. But musically they suck. I saw them I saw them one time, I think I told you. Uh I saw them because Motley Crue opened up for them and I was going for Motley Crue. And Motley Crue kicked their asses. I'm R- telling you. so then um yeah where we at right now so then right now so then we go back to um faster pussycat and they're and she's like because we're talking about imitation and she's like so why do you put the scarf on the mic he's like "Uh, so we could blow our nose and then he and then he thinks he's cheeky he looks in the camera and he's like sorry steven Steven Tyler. Yeah, because Steven Tyler liked to do the scarf thing on the fucking mic stand. Then we see the Poison guys again. I didn't realize how much they showed up again until we talked about it. They don't fucking go away. We see the Poison guys. Go fuck away. Oh, and this is great. This is great. Big professional business musician men. She's like, um, she asked Cece and uh, Ricky Rocket. She's like, what do you think about people who say that um, Poison's music is completely original? Cece's response? He just flips off the camera. That poison. God, I hate poison. Like, did they say that like their music isn't or is original? No. uh, The question was, what do you think about people, or what's your response to people who say that Poison's music is not completely original? And then he just flipped off the camera.
0: But it's so funny. They like suck. I don't know how
1: they got Are so we big. missing something? Cause again, I told you. We are. There has to be somewhere missing. Critics hated poison, but they sold well. So fans like them. So like, are, are we just a bunch of haters? I just don't get, I don't understand the poison phenomenon. <sighs> then we see Deji again talking about how LA has the most bands in the world. Cause most of the record companies are there and a lot of people in bands there aren't even from LA. And now we meet Seduce from Detroit. Yeah. Some band called Seduce from Detroit honestly they don't seem too bad for the most part at first they're decently grounded people yeah they uh, don't look like they are talking about their dicks for starters <laughs> she asks one guy you in it for the money he's like no would have left a long time ago you in it for the fame
2: mm,
1: that'd be, be nice, nice but no the girls eh, at first but most of the girls you could get with aren't worth your time anyway you get. This is where the incels like. You go, king. You go, king. <laughs> another, another, another guy's like, where do you see yourself retired? And uh, see yourself in ten years. He's like, eh, retired from music, working with stocks and bonds, living nice. He's like, yeah, I got long hair, but I'm responsible. Cool, (laughs) and their music isn't horrid like it's not great but yeah I just wrote down it's like yeah and I guess they They sound like like your generic like glam speed metal band dude they just sound
0: like a speed metal band but they just look like glamsters like Seduce is just weird but like they're just kind of there but I think the importance of Seduce in this documentary is to point out that a lot of these fucking bands aren't originally from LA a lot of them come to LA to like seek whatever the fuck they're looking for for hopefully a big break Yes. So then I well my notes aren't as good as yours because then I just wrote down so the like direct so the director then asked a, with a roll call why did you get into rock and roll? Yes. To like let we get to the shot of Lemmy and Jean and they said for the
1: girls, girls. They both like said the same thing, but it's Larry's like we got in the rock and roll for the chicks, and then Ozzy's like fuck me, Kiss had lines of girls waiting outside their dressing rooms and buses. And then I'm just crazy. sitting there, I was like, well, how the fuck do I even get it? like any of them? Yeah. And then then they asked Joe and Steven, what do you think of groupies? They're like, I love them. Steven says it feels like they're doing the same thing as you putting on a performance. Alter ego kind of shit. Two girls from earlier. Uh, these two chicks that, uh, have the same interview spot together. They're like, yeah, we've had group sex like five times. And uh, and they're like, oh, how long have you since we've been in L.A.? Oh, how long have you been in L.A.? Five weeks. Fuck. Fuck! That's a lot of orgasms. Um, uh, poison base a lot of dis- sex. Po- a lot of sex. Oh, you're giving sex, girl. Poison basis says how he heard a scream once, uh, and a girl pounding on the door in Brett Michaels' room. So he opened the door, and then she came running out. Ozzy says how one time this one chick sat at a bar stool and like fell over and had a fucking seizure. Then Gene had to deal with this one freaky chick. And this is all intercut, by the way, like they do part of the poison story, part of Gene then part of Ozzy back and forth. So that's just the completed version. And then this one woman comes on. She's like, metal guys are fun. You can take advantage of them like they could take advantage of you. <laughs> That's a, oh fun. The probation officer from earlier says women in the metal scene are portrayed as abused, bound and chained, which is true. There's a lot of imagery in bands back then. And even, even even that one band I opened up for, bitch, that was their whole gimmick. It was basically she was it like in leather and stuff. And all the themes of the lyrics and albums were all BDSM and whatever. Orny bros. And then, yeah, she's like, basically, they're sexualized or brutalized in a sensational way for entertainment and monetary gain. Lemmy is like, fuck. And Lemmy's like, yeah, women aren't taken seriously in the metal scene. I don't know. I don't know why. And this one woman's like, there's never really been any women to show that the uh, that can show women can really rock. You know, but it's I'm fucking like, funny though, she says
0: that, but it's like, well, you're doing this shitty,
1: goofy music. Like the last documentary, there was like, you know, scene. That's what I said. I was pissed off. I wrote down. I'm like, really? So Joni Mitchell, Janis Joplin, Joan Baez, Patty Smith, the Go Go's with Pat Benatar, Hart, Mama Cass, Stevie Nicks, and Chrissy McVie. From Fleetwood Mac, Wendy Williams and the chick that's and Debra Eyal and all the members of the Runaways, they were no one, huh? Oh, yeah. They didn't show girls can rock, huh? Oh, that pissed me I'm off. I'm just saying, no, even just fucking X scene
0: from X just like fucking kicked way more ass. But obviously, yeah, I think I don't know if
1: X is bigger than Vixen. I can't really say. So eh. I actually think I, 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 I would say, yeah, I would say, yeah. Anyway, then they ask a blonde girl and some more girls if they rock as hard as the boys. They're really like, "Fuck yeah!" One woman comments Fuck on how, yeah, he, co- women comments on how you know this one dude. I forget which one he was in, but he's like, you know, this one guy's like, you know, you get all the chicks from being in the band, especially me. I'm the singer. <laughs> this one lady's like, "Yeah, the stere—that's the stereotype. But when women get with multiple guys, they're a slut." which is an unfortunate double standard. Then three different guys say their favorite pastime is sex. One guy says big titties. Two girls say sex. She asks one girl, what kind of guys do you like? Because she's like musicians, unfortunately. (laughs) She asks why. And she literally says, because they're irresponsible assholes, but they look good one girl says attitude one guy's like just like I like slutty girls she's like well does it happen a lot and he's like he's like well yeah you know that's how it is in a rock band and then two girls are like I love feeling all that hair fall down you know during the sex you know when they're doing it with a guy and all their big hair is flopping over yeah
0: well a lot of these
1: motherfuckers have big ass fucking hair and then the tone just takes a fucking shit because then she's like are you afraid of getting AIDS which is just a real thing. It's like uh, This is eighties. This is this is this is Reaganomics uh, war on drugs shit time. You mean Reaganomics of AIDS?
0: Ha
1: ha 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 <laughs> So hey Reagan,
0: what are you gonna that do? That was about- such
1: clever political commentary. Hey
0: yo Reagan, what are you gonna do about those AIDS? Uh, AIDS ha ha ha. Let the gay boys fucking <laughs> die off.
1: Oh man. That's literally what their stance on was the AIDS. Yeah. They thought, they thought that AIDS came from gay men specifically and prostitutes and just laughed about it. Yeah. As people were dying. Yep. That was Reaganomics. Cute. You know, the funny, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being stupid. I would like to think that a few of those rich people that he gave money to, I'd like to think that at least a few of them actually gave back to people. Somehow, some way. Again, ha. optimist. Ha, 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 ha. It's like uh. that picture Oscar shared on Facebook the other night, where the three white women—one's dressed in like a Japanese kimono, one's in Native American gear—and it says, "We all smile this in the same language," and it's an advertisement for teeth whitening. Hmm. That was great. So then, yeah, Ozzy—I don't know what Ozzy said—but then one guy jokes, "Ozzy he, just said some shit, bro." And then one guy jokes, "Yeah, that's why I date." Girls whose stepdads are gynecologists. (laughs) And then like four dudes are talking about how they're all broke idiots and the girls take care of them. This fucking douche from earlier, I don't remember his name. But he says there's kind of a rule where, you know, woman can't come in the house unless there's, they got a bag of groceries. Hello. I'm like, look, okay. We're a bunch it, of broke motherfuckers. At this point, I'm like, okay, look, if the punk doc rock, if the punk rock doc had casual racism and homophobia, this one has hardcore casual misogyny and maybe a little bit of trans slash homophobia. But yes. anyway, and this actually, I don't think that's a maybe. I think that's just fact. And then this isn't like, this isn't new. Okay. Cause we were talking about how, you know, we love punk and admit it and it's flaws and just this, this album just made me just hate metal for a little bit or just hate the glam scene. Yeah.
0: Anyway, what the fuck are, oh wait, now I remember. So yeah, then I guess we meet London. And they totally just come up dude. seriously. It's just like documentary is just relentless on these fucking annoying piece of shits. So we meet the band London and they basically tell us how they're training school for rock stars. As like you said earlier, <sighs> we got dudes that basically
1: three fifths of Guns N' Roses
0: and then Nikki Six. Yeah. And I guess a guy from Wasp and then the singer tells no, it was, us it
1: was Blackie Lawless.
0: Oh, fuck. I think he just said some dude from Wasp.
1: No, he said some dude from Wasp, but it was Blackie Lawless. So, Blackie Lawless. The dude. guy from, Yeah, basically and Wasp. And says,
0: like, yeah, we've been a band for, like, since 1979. I'm like, well, you guys are trying really, really hard. <laughs> How have you not had a big break? Maybe you guys just suck. <sighs> yeah. So, whatever. The singer then tells us a story that one time in Arizona, he found it's illegal to supposedly have oral sex... And then we just got like a hodgepodge of like trying to crack of like them trying to crack jokes like this band. And at this point, I literally said, holy fuck, do the, these are like the motherfucking horniest dudes. They won't shut up about for like, they won't shut up, they won't shut them uh, won't shut up about like
1: them and trucks and stuff. Dude, don't worry. I'm all, I'm all fucked up. I, I skipped, Literally. I forgot. A- I wrote like a five page rant on how much I hate me- on how much I hate these people and, and metal fans. Dude, I just... Dude, fucking London... I skipped that rant. Hey,
0: let's just gonna wrap it up real quick about London at this moment that I got. They are an annoying piece of shit. They keep, like, talking over each other. And, and then, the guy sounds like a bad... Imper- the singer sounds like a bad we,
1: impersonator of Dio.
0: And then we get one motherfucker that says, we are not role models for your life. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. What? Is this documentary? It's a fucking scare tactic to make me, like, not do what you guys are doing? Because it's working. Yeah.
1: So whatever, there we get to see the performance and it kind of fucking sucks. Yeah. Like I said, the guy sounds like a guy impersonating Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. It's like, did you hear Dio in his voice? Cause no. I know I did. I just heard every fucking generic fucking singer of the time period. Fair. And then whatever, we get a
0: performance that kind of sucks. The singer talks about a story where he got ha- He was getting kinky yeah. with a chick. He got handcuffed to the bed and the chick just left him there. I laughed. And then the director asked what was their last job? Well, like, are they employed or what was One your One guy time? said he hasn't had a job in eight years. I presume that's a singer or yes. whoever the guy is. And it's supposedly that they like says, like, oh, yeah, no, we owe like $100,000 to some dude in jail
1: for the last oh, album. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, yeah. There, I'm just sitting there and just like, Fuck, bro. Yeah. Yeah. One's jobless, like never had a job. One hasn't had a job in a long time. And the and band one... owes $100,000 to a motherfucker in jail. Yeah. And one guy's like, no, this is what I do. This is my job. And then like the singer for the live performance like he becomes, goes on he... like an anti-Russia rant. Like I just said, so
0: then they decide to be political and burn a USSR flag Yeah, and to play a song called Russian Winter. And he, where yeah. then they had like some pyro where they said, yeah, yeah we made some flame pots. And we're at the Troubadour performance. like, bro, you and I have been to the Troubadour.
1: Yes. To see Melvin's and Napalm Death. It was a great place. Great show. You remember how small that place was? It's fucking small. And they just had concussion bombs on stage as they blew them the that fuck off. That must have sucked for yes. everyone there they literally had
0: concussion bombs for a song called friggin like Russian Winner." and I don't
1: know if this is part of the song but I swear to god at some point like, I, I thought he like
0: are you guys trying to be like oh we're supposed to be like fucking cool glad. we're talk a about... big deal yeah and it's like oh hey we're gonna talk about a political so- song about fucking nuclear fallout you know as much shit. you're as... a
1: very confusing <laughs> band London you are very you're a confusing you me. know as much shit as I've given Motley Crue over the last few years and as much shit as the entire internet has given Vince Neil in the past few years <laughs> this is I well Vince Neil's really, a total meme this really Really paints the picture you know what even at their worst there's a fucking reason that motley crew got and stayed popular yeah <laughs>
0: there's a
1: fucking reason there's a fucking reason and i swear at one point i don't know if this is part of the song or what but i swear the singer at one point for this band just went that's right we live in america He's trying to freedom penis us. And one guy got, John Schaefer did it better. And one guy's talking about how the guy's ass kicked like cops. And apparently all of them are homeless. They live in their motorhome. Yeah. It's like, so where do you you live? And then we just get a shot of them piling into a motorhome. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I wanted to get some shots of you guys in your house, but you guys just showed up with the (laughs) motorhome. Cool. So now we get Ozzy making breakfast. This is a pretty noteworthy scene
0: because there's a thing about like, remember, it's like, hey, like, I guess the thing, a common thing with these documentaries, we're going to get someone like a shot of someone making breakfast. Yeah. Like Darby Crash from like the last documentary. Now we have Ozzy.
1: He's frying up some eggs, some pretty uh, eggs and some pretty good looking bacon. Yeah. And he's just making breakfast. She's like, well, so what's it like to be a living legend? And I just stopped for a second because I'm like, wait, what is he, Is it 85? I'm like, oh fuck. Black Sabbath is almost 20 years old at that point. Yeah. His solo 85, he's on he's past bark at the moon i think i think at this point he's on like osmosis or whatever album uh shot in the dark was on whatever it's like i'm yeah, like I'm holy shit he is a living legend at that point he is a legend and, he's, and he speaks
0: very coherently here yeah he's like here's the I, thing about this documentary a lot of these metal legends that we like and like the I'm like being joked like oh they can't fucking talk we're
1: shit they could talk
0: here yes a lot of them are just young and in their prime it's like fuck dude as like metal documentary is not a thing like in the, like around this time yeah.
1: it was so weird and then he's like I think kids look at it and go oh I'll grab a guitar make an album make millions of dollars happily ever after he says no you gotta deal with divorces management bullshit drugs alcohol and hangovers and then get on stage pretend you're okay when you're feeling like crap inside basically he's like you get nice things but it's a lot of hard work Ozzy was attracted to the lifestyle he, you know he said in Black Sabbath we bought cars and stuff but we grew up poor and, and our managers apparently their manager screwed them up over, like, like, a lot. Like, they were making a lot of, like, they were making good money, but then are
0: like, and they didn't care, because, like, hey, we're, like, touring, having fun in America and yeah. stuff, too. Poor we're, boys
1: from Birmingham.
0: Yeah, we're, like, but then there's a the moment, it's like, they took a moment to think, it's like, I am a feeling we're earning a lot more money than we're really getting paid yeah. out
1: on. And he said- How much money <laughs> is this guy taking from us? And he said, you got to be a businessman. He said, that's why my is my manager. You know, and as much shit as people could get Sharon Stone in, trust me- Sharon Stone or Sharon Osbourne? Wait, no, Sharon Stone's a- Actress. Oh, crap. Sorry, my bad. No, wait, who am I thinking of? No, oh, no. Sh- Sharon no, no. Osbourne. No, no, I'm sorry. I thought I was talking about- no, okay, I got confused. I thought I said Sarah Stone, who's one of my favorite porn actresses. And then Sharon Stone, who's obviously Sharon Osbourne, everybody. Sharon Osbourne. You could there's a lot of shit that could get thrown at her and she deserves quite a lot of it. She has to be one of the most tactical minds in music. She kept Ozzy alive and kept his career alive. She made
0: a career out of
1: Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, but she God God willing, she loves that man. But he's basically like in Black Sabbath, we all ended up as druggies and alcoholics. And then and then this is a pretty famous scene in this sh- in this movie. He goes to pour some juice and then there's a cut and then there's him missing the juice and getting it all over the table. That was fake footage. Yeah, that's fake. That footage. didn't actually happen. Whatever. It's just a ham it up.
0: Here's the thing about
1: these metal fools. They try to ham up everything. They're trying to play to the camera. No, no. I think they did. No, like. They faked the footage. Ozzy didn't do that at all. Like I the I story think goes, the,
0: I think Ozzy also like played a part in doing it too. This well, was maybe. like a creative decision
1: from whatever Ozzy then okay. too. And then the p- parolee talks about this or oh my God, you want to talk about something that pissed me off. This she, pissed you off. This talked about an organization called Back in Control. It's an organization that teaches parents how to control their kids. They have a program where they called D-Meddling. To get the head, to get them out of heavy metal. Listen, listen to this fucking Orwellian bullshit. Sounds they like take away thing. your metal merch and the music and they take your bracelets and gauntlets, your collars, which she's like, Oh, this is a collar for your neck. I'm like, bitch, it's a fucking choker. But yeah, they just, they take your shit. And I I legitimately, I'm not kidding people. I hate the idea that people think it's okay to do this shit. Like, take away your music? Fuck, that shit happened to me once upon a time. And it's the... I think there's nothing worse you can do than limit someone's appreciation and intake of music. Okay? No, we're still good. Music is one of like... I. You know, you don't need to hear from me. You can hear it from millions of other qualified people on YouTube and people. I'm just saying, when I saw this, I had to actually... Pa- I paused a lot during this because I watched this whole thing to take notes in one... This took me like six hours to watch. Holy fuck! It just took me like an hour and 40 minutes. But the doc's
0: almost... The doc's an hour and 40 minutes. No, an hour is like, no, it's like an
1: hour and 20 minutes. Oh, still. Yeah. You took a long ass fucking time, it sounded like. Well, I, yes. But yeah, I hate that. I hate it a lot. They take your clothes. It's fucking stupid. They're they're like, the metal image is one of power. I'm like, oh, and then fuck me. This is one of the iconic scenes from this fucking thing. Then she talks about the
0: horns. Oh, God. The roll call of them
1: explain the horns. The two fingers up represent the authority of the devil. The three fingers down represent the denial of the Holy Trinity, which for those who don't know, that's the father, God, the son, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Jesus's resurrection. And we have the three sixes. This always confused me because I saw this scene and like the last 20 minutes of this as a kid once on BH one and I never remember what it was. So the three sixes are on one side, you know, you have your index finger up. Middle finger down, and then the thumb over it. That's a six. Then the other one, pinky finger up, ring finger down, thumb over that. That's a six. And I always remember as a kid. I'm like, well, where the fuck's the last six? The last six is from, it's like, it's like from the ring finger to the thumb or some shit makes an upside down six. Well, um, isn't that a nine then? I don't know. Okay, we're going too long. These fucking devil horn, fucking fu- cornball shit. I just fucking hate it. Then they talk about. Do you think? Do you think De- Ozzy's a messenger from the devil? And they just got away from her. Yeah, and now we meet. Well, he's been on the documentary a few times. We meet Bill Gazzari. 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 Basically, short history on him. He ran a, bar, a rock bar. and Gazaris. Gazzari's. And the most notable thing is Alice Cooper, Million Dollar Babies played there. They got big. The Doors played there. They got big. Van Halen played there. They got big. End of story. Cool. Then they... We're <sighs> shown a Miss Gazzari's rock dance contest.
0: Yes. Where we meet last year's winner, and she really comes off as a brainless airhead. And whatever, most of the ladies that are in this contest are literally just there to hopefully develop their hot girl career,
1: you know, model, actress, or oh yeah, she, whatever oh, yeah. their shit, a this, hot girl career. There was, is. was there was there was a there was a funny line. She's like, "Well, what are your plans after?" She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna pursue my my Molly career and my actressing." Yeah, that's the fucking winner of last year, and I just wrote down I was like, "Holy
0: fuck," she's she's coming off like she might need like bimbo. Some, Nah, she looks like she needs fucking help in future life.
1: Yes. Whatever. So then we meet the band Odin. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. You want to talk about Odin? This month, this old ass man says, I'd like to introduce you to some very personal friends of mine. This, you know, this singer Randy. He's going to be bigger than David Lee Roth (laughs) that got his start right here as well. Let's give it up for. Odin. odin come on everybody odin odin oh let's get another shit going odin talks and they're like he's believed in us for like a really long time odin 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 and then he's like yeah i'd like for us to get as big as uh led zeppelin or or the beatles or something or this or the stone or the stones i don't want to be just another band you know odin odin Odin! Well, I'd like to be extremely wealthy, this other guy says, and remember for the rest of my life and my grandchildren's, grandchildren's life. And then the lady joins in, Odin! 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 Odin. And then, (sighs) then he gets an interview, the old man. He said they're going to be very big in the rock and world, the rock and roll world, you know? And I'm like, you know, this guy discovered Van Halen and the Doris. How do you miss the fucking mark this hard? Oh, and fuck me. He must have just literally just said that with any band he liked. He, these fuckers come on. Uh, how do I say this? They sound like guns and roses. Yes,
0: you know what's funny? Like, there was someone I, like, watched a YouTube video on a review, and literally it's like, they says, like, the songs, like, the, like Odin sound like Guns N' Roses.
1: The singer, this Randy, Cousin Randy. You know what's the like- funny thing? The director
0: really wanted Guns N' Roses on this documentary. But oh! for some reason, management didn't have Guns N' Roses on there. I am a feeling Guns N' Roses would have been put over, though. That
1: makes sense. Because she really had it out for these guys. Like, more than eight... Like, she was kind of rough on some of the single people. Oh, she laid the fuck into Odin sometimes. Oh, it's great. Okay, so... Fuck this band. Like, this
0: singer! (laughs) Like, Odin is the most, like, trashiest and the, like, least well-known out of all of these bands that got a performance... And the singer ha- is wearing ashless chaps with a fucking thong. Or man, or like fucking women's panties. <laughs> Literally, he's got fucking ass cheeks out in his fucking weird get up. It's like,
1: and the thing, fuck, is, dude. And the thing is, he doesn't even sound like good Axel Rose. He sounds like fat Axl Rose from like, the, <laughs> he sounds from like fat Axl Rose from like the early 2000s to like 2012. You know, before he finally, you know, before he kicked his uh kicked his depression got sober made up with slashing duff mckagan and then you know got his voice back yeah bad axel rose so he's in a pool
0: Axl rose that sings for acdc
1: and guns N' roses (laughs) fuck dude legend bro oh dude i know i tell people people hate this i heard him sing for guns for acdc on youtube i'm not gonna lie it sounded pretty not half bad cool. anyway so then he then all the bands are in a pool there's like all four of them are in a pool there's like six yeah, seven we, girls yeah, in the pool like the
0: band Odin's just hanging out in the fucking pool and with stuff. a
1: cigarette and beer and then she's like why do you wear that and he's like to let my scrotum sack ventilate <laughs> The crowd does, can I say, I, I watch the crowd for when all these other bands perform, especially this one. This crowd did not give a shit. yeah, this crowd was pretty fucking bored. This crowd did not give a shit about Odin. She asked, how long till you get signed? And he's like, four to six months. This-
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you know what's funny about this documentary is this hindsight. Because <laughs> ah, here's the thing, this part, it's like, dude, Gazari. Homeboy Gazari really try to put this band over. Oh
2: yeah.
0: I As didn't like, Oh sorry. Well, there was not much I'll say. And okay. like you said they just sound like a bad fucking Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. I haven't thought they didn't even sound like Guns N' Roses. Maybe in the singer. It's a, you remember his voice? Yeah. Yeah, but dude, fucking Odin. The, this band Odin fucking blew cocks, bro. Yeah, you know, Guns N' Roses doesn't blow cocks. Yeah, homeboy had to wear asses, traps for any freaking notability. So mon- there's sorry. a fucking thing. Yo, I guess he's a fucking hot guy. So there's some chicks that want to hang out
1: and touch his pee pee. And then they ask him, and then what? And then she asked him, and then what? And he goes, superstardom. Super fucking stardom. He says, you know, if you want to take me seriously, you can. If you don't want to take me seriously, you don't have to. But this face, people are going to remember it. It's going to go down in history. I don't want to be like Jim Morrison, but I want to go down in history like Jim Morrison or Robert Plant. And she's like, well, what if it doesn't happen? And he goes, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Just like that. No hesitation. No, just pure straight. It's going to happen. (laughs) And then, they, and then they ask the girls, why do you hang out with them? They're like, because they have good music and they're good looking. Really good looking. Do you ever get discouraged? She asks them. He's like, oh, oh. He's like, yeah, often. I've been known to be suicidal. I've OD'd before, actually, on drugs. And the other guys are like, yeah, man, rock or death? She asks, well, is it worth killing yourself for? He says, well, music is all I want to do, and if I can't, fuck everything. Bruh. I hope he didn't. I like, don't know. Because we know Odin didn't make it. I hope he is alive. We I mean, it must kind of suck because people for years have just been making fun of him and his band. But still, I'm serious. I hope he's alive. Hopefully. But Odin but I hope the band Odin's dead, because that band sucked. And then this is the part where they ask a bunch of random people. Um, oh, yeah, the fucking roll call. Yeah. What They're if like, you don't make it?
0: Oh, and it's just so great because all of them literally will just go like, but I am going to make it. I have to make it. Yeah, I'm going to make it. With like, very. Perseverance is key. Like all of them is just this whole line. It's like, but but like there's like, oh, I am going to make it. But then she just goes like. But what, what if you, if you don't? don't? What is your backup plan? Well, it, I'm going to make it. Oh, no, dude, the bet is the fucking wet cherry dropout guy. Oh,
1: yeah. He's oh, it, is like...
0: Is that the guy with, like, the long, greasy brown hair, torn up jeans? No, 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 That's the guy that was, like, friggin', um... He's... No, he's the guy that was, like, a friggin' dropout and stuff, too. It's, like, Larry at this point, because he's... At, like, she asked him, it's like, Whoa, why did you don't make it? It's like, well, I gotta make it. It's like... Like, I, like, if I don't think if I don't make it, it's not gonna happen. It's like... But it's like, and then he's like, well, I don't have any real life skills. I don't know what I'll do kind of thing. It's like, but then he's like sitting there trying to tell her, it's like, but if you come see us perform,
1: like you'll see that we are going to make it. I felt kind of sad in a way, especially because last time, you know, you know, when we when we ended the the the, the 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 decline one doc, you're like, well, next time we're gonna laugh at these people's hopes and dreams. But you know, this is the I mean, some of them are still insufferable pretentious assholes. But this is the won- one part where like you really see these people really actually wanted to make it. Ah, in the sense ha. of they wanted to get a band together and get signed. I'm not saying none of them didn't want to work. But lava's like, but,
0: oh, sex, rock, roll, yeah, all this.
1: Famous like, oh yeah. But no, at this point when we're at the top, where she's leader, it's like, where are you going to make it? One guy, one guy actually lays it out pretty fairly. He's like, well, I mean, we all fucked up in school, so like, you know, this is all we have. Then and then and then she asks the middle school guy, what do you want his tombstone to say? And then she's like, I don't want one. Just throw me in a hole. Lol. Then we're back with Chris Holmes again. Summarize this really quickly. He's just, he's still in a pool and his very disappointed looking mother is sitting by the poolside. That
0: literally is like, he is fucking hammered hanging out in a pool. Doing this interview, and and his mom's just right
1: there, very disappointed, very disgusted, but enjoying the fucking paycheck. And then then he complains about how his mom would not let him rock in front of his mom as a boy, and then talking about he'll have like four or five chicks at a time in a hotel, but if they don't take their clothes off, he has security throw them out. And his mom's just sitting there just with a disgusted look. But adamant for her,
0: like, comfortable living situation.
1: Yeah. And then she's like, well, would you consider yourself? And then he cuts her off a piece of crap. She's like, why? He's like, because I have a job and I'm a piece of crap. He's really loaded, by the way. I'm like, okay. Like, really loaded. Then she really starts, really hammered. Then she starts trying to get something like dramatic here. She keeps trying to press him on his drinking and he's just like, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. She keeps pressing, pressing and then he just, and he's just like, oh, I'm a full blown alcoholic. And he's just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna chug this vodka. Yeah,
0: like, I it's like, oh, I'm just a piece of crap. I'm a full blown. And like, he's chugging, like, here's the thing about this vodka though. Like literally he's, yeah, he's just straight up chugging it. But obviously half of it's like freaking pool water. So yeah. it's diluted vodka, but he's just fucking hammered. He's like chugging it and it starts getting showered in his vodka bottle. And It's just like, dude, fuck. And his mom's just sit there just with adamant disgust. And then it's just uh, like a bit like I drink to like cover up the pan and stuff. So where do you see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> Probably dead. You know what's funny? He is still alive. He's still alive and And kicking. he's a fucking meme. <laughs> like, you don't understand. Like, Chris Holmes is a meme. He's great. And he's one of those things like, how are you not dead? But he is still alive. Um, he actually has a documentary coming out. What? Yeah. He's trying to work on a documentary. It's called Mean Man.
1: Dude, my voice is fucking thrashed. Holy shit. I can't continue this. Yes. So, uh, this living meme is still alive. So then Ozzy, Alice, and Lemmy talk about how much they drink. Joe Perry about, uh, about his coke, about his and Tyler's cocaine addiction. Then she taught, asked Ozzy about the Betty Ford clink. He's like, well, it was good. It helped me realize I was an alcoholic and an addict. And she's like, oh, so your life better now? He's like, no. And then they laugh. No. Steven Tyler talks about how it became a routine. Lemmy says they, he says, well, it's kind of holding off to, you know, they give me, a, they give us a free bottle at the end of every show then the younger people all it's funny because then all the younger people you know they all drink but most of them are just talking shit about drugs
0: yeah like all of them were basically sound like the fucking dare program
1: <laughs> Like, it's uh, how long was
0: dare around?
1: dare was around in the 80s was that Reagan's doing too? Around, uh, or is that just a happy coincidence? Yeah, it's,
0: a, it's like 80s through 90s, but don't forget they Derek kind of died yeah. off around like mid-2000s. Mid-2000s, yeah, around the time we were out of high school. Yeah, but then it's like, the then the program kind of switches something something else where it's like, instead of telling you like, don't do this stuff, that's like, the program switched to something. It's like, hey, be, understand these situations and like when these situations are presented to you. Yeah. Instead of just saying, drugs are bad, no
1: two drugs. I mean, I'm not going to lie, it worked for me.
0: <laughs> Like, Dare worked <laughs> fine with me, but it seems like Dare also had a very low success rate. So
1: Yeah, it's it, well, it was like that thing. You remember that show, uh, Scared Straight? The idea was you take a, a shitload of kids in the prison for like a day yeah. and scare them. It like never worked. Whatever. I just know we got the peeps. So like a lot yeah. of these young
0: people's like, nah, dude, drugs are the worst. They're like they're just like they're all really against it. Then but Aussie, booze is cool. Yeah. But then the stars are like tall. It's like you should avoid drugs. I'm, Aussie, like is like telling I was, like, yeah, no, drugs are bad. I'm like, this is the fucking coke head that became a beast after he he had the fucking
1: Ozzy at one turkey point on coke. Ozzy at one Aussie at one point says, sex, drugs, and rock and roll used to be fun, but it's not anymore. Paul Stanley says it's like you, you know it's like playing you could play Russian roulette for like five years. And And one day you pull the trigger by accident. It's all over. Cece says his thing. Lemmy says he feels like people look at one of a, he looks, it feels like people look at musicians or people with some kind of celebrity status as someone to model their own life after. Steven says Keith Richards was an inspiration to him and they used to swap drugs. Gene Simmons says you gotta cut ties with those people. Basically, if someone, because he said, I used to have those friends, but I realized they were dragging me down, so I cut them off. Paraphrasing, but that's basically what it said. Yeah. Lemmy doesn't think there's anything clever about modeling your life after someone who died on smack, which is heroin. Well, here's the or thing. Or is that meth? Nah, it should be heroin. That's what I thought. Here's the
0: thing, because, like, the one trick, like, I think, like, the story of Lemmy me Kilmeister is, like, he had, like, a one girl fr- Like, he had one chick, he actually generally was, like, his, like, like love and stuff but she died on heroin yeah so yeah but it's just so funny because like yeah a lot of them's like no drugs i don't want to be a dead legend but like you got That's like what stanley lemmy. says you got like lemmy where he's not saying no to drugs yeah and then we got dave Bustain around this time not saying no to drugs and he's full blown out on
1: heroin full-blown coke addict no, and, uh, and it's funny because alice Cooper oh, is it? talking about how it's killing and paul stanley says he is not feeling, anything positive with being a dead legend and yeah it's very mixed messages Then we cut back to the well. It's like the fucking like established guys
0: are like mixed messages, but all the fucking nobodies are saying no to drugs and stuff. Yeah, no, it's fucking weird. You shouldn't be doing drugs. Just say, just like the hard drugs, stay away from that shit. You shouldn't be doing that. So now we we, have Gazaris, and there was like one risky, risque dancer where she got like. I think she kind of just threw on strip tease and stuff and Ghazari's not too down with it and like the crowd boos
1: him it's like like, boo boo Boo. dude fuck my voice is thrash I can't do a Ghazari old man voice boo Boo. just Charlie imagine like he had kind of a Stan Lee
0: voice no my voice is like literally I go boo and it's like it tickles my it
1: burns my throat my
0: my voice is thrash (laughs)
1: It's like boo, boo me. Oh fuck, seriously, it hurts. Well, that's all right. Yeah, he pisses people off. That was funny. You gonna then boo they start, me? You think I'm not gonna rock and roll? Then they start Oh god, my voice boo, you think you're gonna boo me? So uh, then they uh, so then they ask uh, the people, what's the biggest crowds they played for at this point? Lemmy says twenty seven thousand hungry. Poison says 86,000. Fuck! How? Paul Stanley says... Seriously,
0: fuck you, Poison! But I guess it was an opening slot on, like, most likely what this Kiss and Alice Cooper show was. I
1: was going to say, because in Stanley, Paul Stanley says 146,000. And then Alice Cooper says about 158,000 in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And then she's like, so you beat Kiss? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you, Kiss. And then socket kiss, and he and then he's talking about how yeah it's crazy. He goes into the whole you know music is the universal language, but then he also says yeah there wasn't like just a police force for security; it was the army. Because Brazil is,
0: ask ask
1: Max Cavalera how wild Brazil is. Brazil is wild. (sighs) They all agree that making crowds cheer is better. Like all of them, even Stanley, they're like, yeah, making crowds cheer and come alive, it's better than sex. Then they ask, what would you think of kids trying to get out and play music? Lemmy says, fuck it, go for it. That's what I did. Paul says, the only people who are going to tell you you can't do it are the ones that fail. I'm not going to tell you you can't, because I did. You can do it. And I was like, huh? Maybe he to pull that out of his ass, but at face value yeah. it's pretty inspiring. How to make generic
0: music but a freaking like a genius fucking gimmick game plan and then just merchandise the living fuck out of everything. It worked
1: for Ghost. It did. Well, Ghost has good music. That's subjective, I know, yeah. yeah. Steven Tyler says he just wanted it so bad, you know. He says if you can be think positive about it and then you become it and therefore you are it. Brett Michaels to his credit He says, you got to believe you're going to make it. And if you don't make it, at least, you know, you gave it 100%. And then fucking Dave fucking Mustaine just says, don't. (laughs) So what do you think about kids wanting to make it? Don't. Don't. (laughs) God damn. I don't know what it is about Dave Mustaine, man. I've always said this. Everything he just does is like a mean Oh, fuck. We're finally at the
0: end because now we get
1: to talk about. The best
0: part of the documentary. Literally this whole documentary just seems like it's just. Burying the fuck out of the whole glam metal scene,
1: and then fucking Megadeth. Yes, which then oh, is bro. like, well,
0: how, at this point, how do you not like Megadeth? They're like the fucking only like really the most respectable non-piece of shits here. And here's the thing, Dave's a full-on fucking drug addict. He's a time. fat cokehead. Like, li- like not coke, heroin out and everything. Oh, I thought he. Like, oh, okay. literally, he did coke to fight the heroin, but the coke <laughs> would get him too jazzed up, so he needed the heroin to slow down the coke. <laughs>
1: how much coke do you have to do how much hair i don't want to know so he was fucking on the shit right here so then they fucking they have the fucking like jazz
0: musicians of chris poland and fucking like guard fuck was it garth samuelson i thought so whatever the fucking like like the other dudes before this lineup because it's the most like kind of chilling lineup like this guitar player here is just kind of like well, was like a fucking roadie or guitar tech, this is but he trans- joined the band. I,
1: I, honestly, this lineup to me just always felt transitional. And it's like, and yeah,
0: and then like the drummer is the most like kind of bare bone, yeah. i.e., like as Dave says, the most punk rock drummer for all of like Megadeth lineups and stuff.
1: So far, so good. It's pretty punky.
0: Yeah, yeah. but literally it's just like it maybe an attitude and simplicity, yeah. but it's like, here's the thing about the jazz musicians. They were the ones that got fucking Dave and Dave on fucking heroin and shit. Yes. Because, like, literally, Garza. But like they were
1: dro- doing drugs and
0: partying before. Yeah, yeah. But, but they're the fucking jazz musicians who are like, hey, if you want to fucking make it and become a legend, you got to fucking do heroin. And that was a
1: mentality. It's like, fuck, bro. Yeah. But that's jazz musicians, bro. Well, yeah, dude. Don't you all those, like, big band people and jazz musicians from, like, the late 20s to, like, the fucking 50s? They were all whacked out on morphine. Yeah, morphine,
0: opium. opium.
1: It's all the same shit. It's no, all I, know, the I know, I know. But we're t- I'm talking, and then in the 40s, you had all those soldiers that would smuggle in medical morphine and shit. Yeah, or Oxycontin, Oxycontin is, yeah. was just legal heroin. Yes.
0: Literally, you could fucking smoke Oxycontin. Someone explain that
1: to me, and then I looked it up, and I was like, holy fuck, it's just heroin.
0: Yeah, no, Oxycontin's just legal heroin, and you could smoke it just like heroin.
1: You can literally do Oxycontin the same way as you can do heroin. So the, so the Megadeth starts from him reading a passage from the song In My Darkest Hour. It's from the second verse. Yes. She, uh, I don't know, I I didn't write it down. I mean, I already know the verse by heart. I didn't know if you wanted to read it. No, you could go for it. He's like, <clears throat> did you ever think I was lonely? Did you ever think that I needed love? Did you ever think you're the that I'm thinking you're the only one that I'm thinking of? You'll never know how hard I tried. Something something satisfied you too. I always forget that last
0: yeah part. I'm yeah. just more tripping out because like this is the like they're like recording straight in on the audio quality from the studio and stuff. Yeah. For this interview. And I'm just tripping out because like total side off story from this documentary. My like my inspirations for podcasting, Mr. Brian Alvarez literally had a funny comment like on like one of the recent episodes he did and stuff, where he literally said there's like, yeah, no, microphone he's like sitting there's like, yeah, no, technology has evolved except for fucking microphones for some reason they have not evolved and lily de is talking to an sm7b mic like literally this mic has not changed since the fucking 80s really yes the mic i'm using most likely hasn't changed since the fucking 70s or 60s the mic i'm using right now Holy sh- what about what about like even this one i'm using oh no that's a fucking chinese mic
1: if you got good, me a chinese mic
0: that's not your mic that's my mic that's mine well, you well, I'm glad you I pay tab. for.
1: Listen, I pay for the rent, which has the equipment. So technically, I pay for it.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but yeah, no microphone <laughs> technology. Like, well, obviously the like the mic that like Dave Stains uses. Like, dude, that's what fucking Joe Rogan uses. That mic right there that you're seeing. That mic is like fuck, dude. Microphone technology has not fucking changed. But I guess it's one of those things. Like, well, if it's not broken, why bother fixing
1: it? Right. So then, that's what I'm just tripping out. I'm just like, fuck, bro. Then she asked about <laughs> oh. Then she asks about his parents. Like, I
0: wanted to get that mic at first, but then I wanted to get the RE-20. Because yeah. Everyone I see is like, oh, just, just get the SM7B. Get the SM7B. Get the
1: Snowball. Or
0: yeah, I'm just sitting there. Like, SM7B is for sure better for vocals and stuff. The but the RE-20 is definitely more broadcaster oriented, but was also like definitely used as a kick drum mic. I know, I'm like talking weird technical bullshit I've learned.
1: No, it's good stuff. Yeah. So then she asked him, what's your relationship like with your parents? He's like, yeah, I got a pretty good relationship with my folks. A lot of kids hate their parents. That's why they grow up this way. But some parents can be real dickheads and treat their kids miserably. And then David Elson shows up. Okay, you want to talk about being kind of pretentious. I mean, Mustaine was too, but also here. He's like, Have you,
0: do you realize all the fucking bands we've no, done no, No, with? no, no,
1: it was great. Because all those other guys were pretentious, but they didn't fucking deserve it.
0: Now, I will admit, Poison has still sold more records than
1: Megadeth. Oh, don't...
0: I don't know fucking how, but they did. (laughs) It sucks.
1: So Dave Hellson shows up.
0: Why, Brett? How? (laughs) He said... Seriously. (laughs) It must be those greatest hits. How the fuck?
1: Don't mean nothing, but a good time. Whatever. Megadeth is the
0: most like legit band like out of the performances obviously there's like fucking motorhead and yeah. alice cooper and aerosmith but if we're talking just the performances like the bands that were performing on this fucking documentary megadeth was the best part and thank god it finished off the rest of the documentary dave Olson says maybe guns and roses would have been sick as fuck too but fucking
1: and then he dave Olson's like i'm in this business the same reason megadeth is attitude integrity and music she asked dave's do you want to live the big rock star of life? He said, nah, that's megalomania to me. Nah, that's me. <laughs> like- I don't want to get used to something that'll run out. And then Junior... Oh, fuck. I'm a fanboy. I called him Junior. Junior talks... And he says, How we don't, we're not going to sit here and talk about perverted sex games we get into. And we're not, we don't want to talk a lot about it. We're not going to talk about what drugs we did. I mean, they did in the Rest in Peace book, but that was after the fact.
0: Oh, well, they did in the, like, well, they aren't like outwardly singing about it, but fuck, dude, you don't They're on a lot of drugs. Here's the thing about (laughs) Megadeth they're like the sketchy band out of all these other fucking yeah, bands Slayer was just- except London that dude the singer yeah. was on heroin too yeah actually the quick story the director said that the fucking her daughter really wanted to go out with the fucking singer in London and like the director is like please don't he's a piece of shit but she but like oh he's a fucking he's like he's like cool rocker rock star looking dude and stuff he sings in a band but her daughter went on a date with him and realized oh he's just a he's a dirtbag piece of shit so
1: yeah cool Story alert. Smart like girl. Lesson yeah, lesson learned. Smart girl. So then, and then Dave comes back and then he's like, I want, yeah, I want to stay street low so I don't get any pretentious values in life and whatever.
0: And then boom. That's just so funny because this is the same guy saying, yeah, no, Michelle Obama
1: wasn't born in the United States.
0: Like Barack Obama. No, no. He, you, I just, he's from Israel. He, I, he's not an American. I
1: just found out this the other day. Did you know there's a very prolific fan uh, conspiracy theory that Michelle Obama is actually a man? Mm. Alex, what, conspiracy what? theory, daddy Alex Jones purports it. And I'm sure fucking Dave Mustaine agrees with it. Dave Street must- values, bro! Listen, I'm not going <laughs> to... Listen, I'm not going to try to sit here and tell you that Dave Mustaine is. I won't even try to sit here and tell you that Dave Mustaine's a good person. But I love him, out of this and he's entertaining, and he makes great music. Out of this
0: documentary, he is the most normal, approachable, I guess, Ish. Like it's still Dave Mustaine. He's not yeah. the most approachable dude. But there's a thing I vibe with Dave
1: Mustaine. Yes. A lot of it's like. I just fuck off. I like, feel like I could actually even to this to this at any point in time. I feel like I could actually talk to Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine just seems like
0: I vibe with. It's like he's one of those people where it's like there's a lot of people like I must make a big, proper, loud impression when meeting you and stuff too. And like Dave's just like, please don't. Come at me in slow increments. That's yeah. all I want. He's like, I
1: just want to play my music, man. Let me just play my music and fuck Metallica. <laughs> and then boom, they, they hit you with In My Darkest Hour. I fucking love this song. Elson says, we're on the road so much, so you have to keep your wits about you. This is technical music and it's harder to play than most of the other bands out there. The rhythm guitarist is like... Well,
0: Megadeth is very musically pro. Dude, yes. literally you just watched Dave Mustaine just playing and I'm just like, fuck, dude. It How like, do you do that? He's <laughs> like blowing out all the other motherfuckers that played earlier. Earlier on the performances, oh yeah, they do it. Like, obviously, I don't think technic- playing technicality makes it better, but obviously, Megadeth is like still way better than a lot of the other fucking bands.
1: Oh, dude, I can't wait for their new album. They're working on it now. Fuck,
0: dude, in my darkest hour. Other than the fucking Steppenwolf songs, like the be- like the fucking biggest song out of all that was like we heard. It's the best one.
1: Yes, damn. Da, 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 da. Uh, the best L- original. Yes. And it's he said it is harder to play the most of the band. The rhythm guitarist is like, yeah, I don't think you should you know, cheat your audience. I won't get high at home. Why would I on stage? The drummer is like, man, the band should be out there playing for themselves, not the image. A band and a wall of marshals, that's a show for me. Dave's looking like a badass. He's in the fucking recording booth with a cigarette. The shadows are you know illuminating what's, him.
0: You know what's fucking funny? They sound like, yeah, just a wall of marshals and everything. But every time we see Megan, they got a big old fucking like... Little like stage props set up. Well, that's like twenty. This is twenty
1: years after the fact. Yeah,
0: this is like this is like before rest in peace, where they like
1: blew it up. Then she's like, "Well, this is when they're still like a club band." Then she asks about you know being labeled in genres, and he's like, "I think being, I think." being pigeonholed in the genres is a sin because it cuts you off and it doesn't let you expand. I'm like, my thoughts exactly, man. True that. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, uh, yeah, no. I'm being pigeonholed. Now, obviously, it's Don't like- get me
1: wrong. As a kid, I used to be full on, oh, genres are stupid. I understand the necessity for them, but I also think it limits people. And hey, I've come to understand, some people want to just be that one genre forever, and there's literally nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Whatever. And here's the thing about Megadeth. It's hard to
0: say that they're a thrash band because honestly, like, they're not the, like, I wouldn't say Megadeth is the purest
1: thrash band. They're really not. Like, obviously, it's like. If like, you told me once, like, because I remember you was like, man, I don't know what it is. I can't just, I can't really mosh to Megadeth. He told me once, I thought. Yeah, no, it's not really.
0: It's like, they don't have too much of the thrash sense. Like, they're hard, heavy, and crunchy. Yeah. But that's kind of it. Like, other than that, I just think Megadeth is just a heavy metal band.
1: Yeah. like they're, they're just really
0: they're, fucking fast. They're just more aggressive. well, obviously they're more aggressive than you can say like a fucking Aussie and Well, like, hey, that's that's the thing about Megadeth. They're way more aggressive than like all the other fucking performances that we saw. I mean, hey, that's why and that you can say it's Thrash, but yeah. it's hard to say. They're not like Slayer that's like pure thrash.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's why they're one of the big four, because all four of them bring something to the genre, you know. Metallica's about how far you can push the envelope. Slayer's about pure thrash and speed. Uh fucking Mustaine's all M- Megadeth's all about technicality and precision. And, and here's Anthrax, the thing about
0: Megadeth: they have the fucking weirdest songwriting. Their song <laughs> structures are so different; they're, they're weird. not traditional. They are mostly built on like riffs and parts.
1: Yes, instead of just like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, or flow, or anything like that. That's too. why Hangar Eighteen is structured the way it does. That whole that song is basically one of those songs. The, the entire Hanger Eighteen song is like that one part of the Dream Theater song where they just show off for like seven minutes, except that's the whole song. Now, obviously, Megadeth
0: is more built on technicality because, dude, they had the fucking heroin out, fucking jazz musicians playing
1: early on in the band. Yeah, and then of course, you know, they simplified their sound a bit in the nineties from Countdown to Extinction till about yeah, but that's uh, when they like became like one of the biggest bands. Oh yeah, so where was I? Oh yeah, um. So she asks, uh, so why do you think about death so much? He's like, it's not really just that. It's about awareness, you know? Without death, life is meaningless. And then they play a song to the crowd. And this crowd actually likes it. Oh, motherfuckers are stage diving. It's great. Like, I wrote down, I was like, hey, this actually looks like a fun fucking Megadeth
0: Club they, show. With busts- a lot of stage diving. Yeah. Not too much on the slam dancing. Yeah. But literally, it's like, out of the crowds we've seen. Because remember the fucking, like, last documentary, The First Decline? Those crowds are rowdy. There's always something. Oh, yeah. Because it's not just the band that's like a visual to watch. Like the crowd gets fucking down. Yes. And then like this is the one time because like the most of it, we just see just shots of the bands and their performance. But like a lot of it's just the crowds. Just fucking I'm going to be chilling. honest. I
1: watched this old Megadeth show and it reminds me of what you see at Municipal Waste Shows now.
0: Yeah. That's what same vibe. That's literally it. And I'm like, fuck, dude, this actually looks like a fucking fun show. It's not just the band. The fucking crowd's getting fucking down. Yeah. And not like is
1: getting down when you see, like, maybe one chick that looks fucking horned out for the band, like, yeah. the other stuff. The unfortunate thing about Megadeth is I genuinely believe a combination of them and Slayer are the reason why we had those, like, weird um, neo-thrash bands, you know, like Warbringer and Havoc, because they're like, hey, let's be technical like Megadeth, but let's be ball bustingly fast like fucking Slayer. that's what i hear when i listen to that i just
0: know it's so funny because dave like barry is like yeah at least we're not like one of those like the satanic bands really just talk about satan or whatever like yeah he's talking. like he's
1: like you know the satan band can't talk about feelings or something i know I it's love, so right, funny he
0: always try i just know because i'm reading the megadeth book and dave's like here's the thing slayer riffs but they're just like a one there's like a one trick pony
1: I mean, I'll agree with that. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Mustaine fan. I'm, I, I believe that. Yeah, I, I feel
0: that. But sometimes <laughs> they're a good pony, though. Oh, no, 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 Slayer is a good pony. And, like, <laughs> like, here's the thing. I Like, well, other than fucking, like, yeah, you know whatever. Slayer's good. Yeah. I love Slayer. No, they're
1: good. I love Slayer.
0: Like, fucking... They I, have at least five or six I great jam, albums. You yeah, know, I jam in a shitty Death Bowl band, and literally the last couple of song writings
1: were just... just it. like it's rip like, rip off Slayer. I'm like, dude, just play a fucking Slayer knockoff riff. Just play a Slayer riff. Who fucking cares? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it looks great, you know... Uh Dave looks like a guy with his guitar. The drummer's wearing a Batman t-shirt. This segment only really lasts like five, eight minutes, but it's the best part of the whole movie. And it it, le-
0: ends. it like ends off good. And it's like, so this is what a normal good
1: band is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that was the decline of Western civilization. What do you think? Uh, well fuck dude I just want to say one quick
0: thing in the end credits the best thing out of oh, all of them because oh. a lot of them are just like oh yeah fucking rock and roll is life man rock and roll is life but it's the best things that Gene Simmons says like you know what it's like you know what
1: the Pope doesn't get laid but I do that was funny and I'm like you're not oh, wrong oh and then she goes up to the Odin guys and she's like hey you get signed yet <laughs> he's like it's coming
0: no, it's not. <laughs> it's no, it's I not. I tried to
1: summarize my thoughts, but I couldn't type them down, so I transcribed them. Oh yeah, yeah. Here. Hold on, Let me. Okay. I'm doing it this way because because I know what I want to say, and I don't feel like typing it out. And plus, this way, you know that James guy can't interrupt me. Love you, buddy. What are you Basically, fucking talking about? Yeah, thing I can. Is is like this documentary feels way too fucking cluttered and way too fucking confused. It's like the first one was really simple. It was really just, you know, to the point and it was cohesive. And this one, they're trying to throw so much shade at so much shit. They've got fucking the the lady talking about the 666. They've got all these glam guys, they've got all these uh hard rock guys. And the thing is is like this metal's beef. the documentary's beef isn't even with like heavy metal. It's with glam metal specifically. Again, it's not even really glam metal. Like it's more hair metal. Even the tiny bits of glitter metal. Look it up. It's fucking real. And like that's my thing. It's they keep just trying bullshit. to make all the connections to like Led Zeppelin and, and and Aerosmith. Which don't get me wrong, they they are there. But like The two most noteworthy things about this documentary that just fucking twist my nipples, not one person mentions Van Halen, not one person mentions Motley Crue. It's like, I mean, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are in here, but it's like, you know what it's like? It feels like the record company saw Kiss Get Famous in the 1970s and they were like you know what that's a fluke it's not going to happen again we'll let them do their thing whatever but then van halen comes out near the end makes a lot of money and they're like oh mm, ooh ooh hard rock and flamboyant frontman and then they see mötley crue come out and get popular in the late in the early 80s and they're like oh okay so here's what we'll do we'll frankenstein we'll get the kiss makeup And we will try our damnedest to recreate David Lee Roth. That's why we get fuckboys like that Odin Bam that think they're going to go somewhere. But the thing is, they're just carbon copy pieces of shit. I don't want to hear anyone shit talk new metal again (laughs) when I had to sit through this motherfucking glam (laughs) metal documentary because that's what it was. And then again, they keep trying to do it as metal as a whole but metal isn't like punk yes there's different kinds of punk but it can but with the exception of like grindcore and maybe power violence and stuff it can all pretty much just be traced back to a simple thing metal is fucking expansive it's like the fourth biggest fourth or third biggest umbrella term in music besides rock and roll itself and like like
0: (laughs) where the fuck are you Maybe going with this fucking
1: Thrash metal fucking kiss isn't even metal i straight up would not call kiss metal i know oh, I they influenced it and they're the first ones to rock what we call corpse paint but no so yeah this documentary is confused it pissed me off and yeah all right james what were you gonna say
0: Alright, so my viewpoints of the documentary. Obviously, when you're a fun little, like when I was younger, I thought this was a pretty entertaining documentary
1: oh, yeah, for the most I'm get oh. Subway, by the way, too, because I'm fucking hungry. Sorry. Tight. I hope you got some rad Subway. Oh, yeah. I got the cold cut combo. Had him put turkey on it.
0: Radness. So, yeah, my fucking opinion on this documentary for the most part is that it's uh, I feel like it's a little bit more smoother, like pacing likewise, like it engages you a little bit more than the like previous one, because previous one, there's this one moment. Where it's like, all right, it's kind of just dragging on and stuff. But for the like most part, it's just hilarious because like, dude, she fucking reels into like these shitty bands. And stuff and it doesn't feel like because like the thing about like freaking Penelope is like dude she is way more into like she like guns and roses and megadeth like dude she's like homies with fucking dave mustaine and stuff yeah that's what it felt like but yeah no for sure this one i remember just like watching it when i'm just like all right first watch the fucking kind of just see and prepare and like maybe like take mental notes to like set up on notes and kind of where it goes i'm just sitting there, it's like. Fuck, dude. Fuck a lot of these people. And like, yeah, you said it's pretty rough with a part where it's like, well, do you think you're going to make it? It's like, well, yeah. It's like, what happened if you don't? And I'm just sitting there just howling. Oh, no. I was
1: just pointing out that she was being rough on him. I found it fucking funny. No, no.
0: I like Dude, I was so down with her
1: just being rough on him. No, them. I was too. That's what I'm saying. I and was just the pointing I oh, like
0: When this documentary came out, because obviously this was like out of the decline of the Western Civilization documentaries, this is the biggest and most well-known one and whatnot and obviously had the big fucking like backing from the record company. And it's hilarious. Cause when this came out, it just kind of opened up people's eyes like, Oh, so this kind of what's been kind of going on. Wow. This kind of fucking shitty for the most part. And a lot of these dudes kind of fucking suck and stuff too. So you can say this part of this documentary kind of helped decline. What was like that glam period around the end of the eighties and stuff. And obviously, eventually, once the 90s came around, like fucking like bands like like Metallica got fucking huge. Nirvana was a thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot more of these like gritty, like real bands for like the early 90s that slowly just killed off glam metal. And all these guys with their fucking hopes and dreams talking about their cocks and stuff are now like friggin' are all scared of shit because they realize, oh fuck, this thing isn't working anymore. Do we become hard and gritty? And like when they did, they all just were fucking bad and corny. So. Yeah, I know. I thought it was an awesome documentary.
1: My uh, voice I, is fucking tired. So. I like the first one more. Well, next week we're going to be back with the fucking sad one. Oh, yeah. We'll be back with the decline
0: of Western Civilization 3, where it's not as much music, just more about homeless people. Oh, it's going to be awesome.
1: I guess so. Holy
0: fuck, dude. Two hours and 42 fucking minutes. Yeah, bro. Welcome to Hour of the Barbarian. Dude, seriously, this fucking... Dude, well, there's a lot to say about this documentary and stuff.
1: There's a lot of most noteworthy shit. I'm glad shit. that I got to get all those feelings off my chest. Oh, yeah, for sure. My fucking voice is just so tired. Oh, bro, my... Well, I, I usually yell And you're a, a fucking cheater where you're not wearing your fucking mask. Oh, bro, I got asthma. Well, fuck... I was born with respiratory bullshit. Oh, you You have a perfectly healthy
0: Adonis body. Yeah. And I got to fucking yell through a mask and destroy my like voice right now. And you're like, Ooh, I could speak clearly and I don't have to like articulate, but and then I can actually yell. And I don't hear that.
1: I mean, I could do it with the mask on. It's just, it's harder to breathe. You're cheating. You're, I don't even, bro, I'm tired. We're all tired. (laughs) I got KFC. This is a long one. Yeah other than that I hope this is a
0: good one this definitely made up for missing a week yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> this hey, was a double whammy <laughs> fuck this was like oh yeah we missed the week oh well we'll most likely do another hour and like like hour and a half and it's like oh nope two hours don't worry and that- 40 fucking
1: minutes don't worry I have a feeling the next one's holy gonna go holy shit I feel like the next one's gonna go by smoother
0: hopefully oh we'll see we'll be back next week alright listeners I'm fucking out of here I'm gonna go grab a pizza Have a good one.
1: You too. Adios.